This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to This Week in Culture, episode 127. I am your host, Ant Wood, a.k.a. Trinidad, and a.k.a. Ant Braithwaite. And I got my dog with me, Jay. What up, though? What up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, um, one half of the culture. And, um, I can't wait to talk about this episode. Uh, man, This Week in Culture, we review episode 9 of Lovecraft Country. And god damn, dog. <laughs> that was... I say it every week that it's my favorite episode. Like, it changes legit every week. But um, um, this finale going to have to be a motherfucker to jump over this one for me, dog. I think last night's episode was just really good television, yep. man. That was, like, peak television. Yeah. Peak television. Like, take away black television. Take away all the sci-fi. That was great television, dog. That was a that was a great production. Yep. Like, how how that came through. With the writing, with the acting, yep. with the screen and the set design, with the um, the music. Mm-hmm. Um, oh with, man, it was scored beautifully, like, dog. They, in general, they do a really good job, man. But last night, everything was done so so perfectly, and it drove me in. Yeah, and like, I found myself pressing pause to see how much of the episode was left. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, I just, I did not want this episode to end. Mm-mm. Um, I think we just both of us watched it three times. Yeah, it got better every watch. Um, and it was all not that it wasn't good initially, but watching it that second and third time for me gives me an opportunity to really focus. So, like um, last night, I was uh, I didn't watch yeah. at the time that I normally watch. Right. Yeah. So when you text me and said, "Wow." I didn't even look at the text. Yeah. I thought you were talking about the episode, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I hadn't looked at it yet. Yeah. And then when I watched the episode and then looked down, I'm like, oh, this, this is a while from something else. Yeah, 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 <laughs> dog. And um, I got a text right after that from uh, from the homie Weezy. Weezy, what up? And he was just saying, like, nigga, this was that one. And then when you watched, you hit me, and I was still celebrating my Lakers win, so I hadn't even gotten into it yet. And when I went home to watch it, 
as soon as they started talking Tulsa, I've been saying from the beginning, we've been talking about it on this pod, that if they did not really deep dive into that Tulsa reference that they kept making that George Montrose and Tick's mom were from there, that I wasn't going to be happy. And boy, they took it there, dog. Who do you think over at HBO is responsible for all For all this Tulsa talk that they've been giving us in 2020? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But salute to them, dog. Like, real life. I really clap for whoever is down at HBO, whoever said on Watchmen, we're going to loop in Tulsa. That was the first episode. And yeah. That, that drew you in. It drew you in. And you remember when that episode of Watchmen aired, so many people, white, black, and otherwise, were like, I never heard of the Tulsa race riots. Yes, wow. It was so many people. And it was to the point where, because initially I was like, dog, everybody black know about Tulsa. They know about Greenwood District. They know about all of that. They know about, I mean, the term Black Wall Street. You Black know, Wall Street. You, you everybody it. said it. Everybody said it, so they have to know where it really originated. Yeah. And to find out so many people were not familiar until Watchmen, I was like, damn, okay, that episode was way more impactful than I thought it would be. So, To see what they did with it last night on Lovecraft was mind-blowing, dog. So, like, I think um, on Watchmen, yeah. that Tulsa episode, when it high opened up, yeah. I think it was much more violent. Oh, 100%. But for some reason, like, I felt more in this one. So, with the Watchmen episode, um, the premiere of Watchmen starts off in Tulsa, in the, um, what's the name of the theater? It's the Williams Theater, dog. I'm bugging right now because I know the name of it. The Dreamland Movie Theater, um, which they also showed in this uh, episode, by the way. But Watchmen started there. But what I learned about Watchmen, looking up a little bit more about that episode, that was like a few days into Tulsa when it started. I think why this episode of Lovecraft hit harder is because the same way we saw with um, Christina enacting and hiring those goons to give her the, quote, Emmett Till treatment, we were able to see the beginning and ultimately see through a black trauma that we've heard about our whole lives. And I think that, for me at least, seeing it from the rip, like that started off as a normal day for them. Like that and the fact that I think we're a little bit more invested in these characters. Yeah. Um, Had the Tulsa episode been different, different place and it's not even a comparison yeah not at all the reason it i think it i recognize that it this one impacted me more is because i got like angry again Mm -hmm. and i'm like this is right well this is exactly 100 years ago now yeah which seems like a long time right but i'm like yo like this happened like in america yeah like regular people it wasn't like the the, it wasn't like the government it wasn't Mm -hmm. like tanks yeah at first. <laughs> At first. Yeah. <laughs> like we know what happened. Like regular people like banded together yeah. to murder black people for the simple fact that they were progressing and being black. Burned down a whole town, bro. And like, fam, that's this is recent. This is not like and I, I just got angry again because yeah. like like how did this happen? And we just we 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 brush over it and there's so many people yep. to your point who don't know about it. Yeah. But again, it going back to last week with the Emmett Till focus of the episode and shout out to whoever is down there figuring out how to make these black traumas entertaining, if that makes sense. Like, or not even entertaining. Yeah. Edutainment, but also just figuring out how to weave it into the story of love. How do you make it relatable and palatable and um, digestible for an audience who is 100 years removed? 
And also, how do you do it and attach it to these characters, yeah. to your point, who are so beloved by episode nine? And um, I think for me, seeing that this started out as a regular day for everyone in Tulsa and kind of connecting with the characters when they had to. I mean, you saw the scene with Letty where she told her um, where Hattie goes, we're going to die, aren't we? And Letty said, yeah. I can't do nothing to save you, dog. And I think reenacting that is what really got me in my emotions. Bro. Yeah. When we go through the episode yeah. breakdown, I'll share some more. But um Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, we we got a lot for y'all today, man. Um something else I picked up on in this episode too, and it's actually why I started with that song. It's a um I was watching this episode and I got biblical for a minute. Okay. And uh it's a it's a chapter in the Bible about um basically the sins of the father right mm -hmm. um specifically i went into ezekiel uh chapter 18 verse 20 and in that verse it says the soul that sinneth it shall die the son shall not bear the iniquity of the father neither shall the father bear the iniquity of the son the righteousness of the righteous shall be upon him and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon him that translates into the ones who sin will die period. If you don't sin, you'll live everlasting life at the hand of God. But the child will not bear the guilt of their parent. The parent shall not share the guilt with their child. And I was reading that and thinking about that verse when I was watching this episode, because I said, dog, when you're black in America and you've gone through all the traumas that we've gone through, we're sharing that guilt. We're in, we're not just sharing, we're inheriting it, dog. Like you're born into that guilt. We, and we, then we pick it up and wear it as a proud badge. Yep. Yep. And we, we, we celebrate the trauma. We don't yeah. know that it's trauma, but we celebrate the trauma and pass it down and teach like yo, yeah. When some trauma, traumatic happened, like that's okay because that happened to me when I was a kid. And this is how it's supposed to be. Dog, I had my ass whooped before. I've been shot before. I've been to prison before. I've been look at all the shit that we get hype about. Yo, nigga, I'm from the hood. Dog, ain't what? What was the the whole line? Like, ain't the whole objective to get out the fucking hood, dog? Like, <laughs> but you know what's so funny is, if your hood, yeah, was safe and clean, you wouldn't want to leave it. Yeah, yeah regardless of economics uh circumstances yeah socioeconomic stuff if your hood was clean and it was safe you wouldn't want to leave it and like the goal shouldn't be to get out the hood no more the the goal should be is to make your neighborhood clean and safe mm -hmm. because no matter how much money that you have you can still clean your front yard and you can yep. still yep. be you can still be safe so that should be our that's but it's the topic, it's, but. but it's the no because it's on that same page because it's the dangers of the hood that make us celebrate being from there. That's that's what we acknowledge. Like yo, like even in Detroit, we know how we get down, dog. It's West Side East Side shit. Like where you from on the West? Oh, you from over here? You from there? I'm from this mile. I'm from that mile. I'm from Joy Road. I'm from oh nigga. I'm from East on Mac and B. Like we acknowledge. It's almost like you get a pass. You get a badge, as you said. Um for being from like the most dangerous area, the area that you hear about mo the more infamous places. Or you get a badge because you was physically abused as a child. Yeah. Yep. And we don't understand yeah. that we were. Oh man. And then that's like, um, it's always this thing where it's like, yo, when y'all got to be grandparents, are y'all different now? Yeah. Why y'all so nice? Yeah. Well, we was young 
and we passed down traumas and we realized that we was wrong yeah. and we shouldn't have been fucking the kids up. But well, I'm not going to have that conversation with you. Yeah. I'm just going to change. Yep. And now granddad and grandma is really, really nice. Really nice. And what we also trying to do that we're not telling you directly is not pass down that trauma to your child. Yes. But, but that's where it's fucked up that they don't say it outright. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, well, no. Well, I got beat. So yeah. and I turned out right, which is like we once trauma happens to you, you think it's OK. Yeah. You um, forgive the person who gave you the trauma and then you repeat it. Yep. That's yep. in physical trauma, sometimes sexual trauma, emotional trauma, like all, all that, that. So, spiritual trauma, like. And we saw a lot of that. Yeah, in this um, episode. In this episode. And then um, something else that that this episode brought me to uh, was the grandfather paradox. Um, mm. And for those unfamiliar, the grandfather paradox is um, a paradox of time travel, where inconsistencies emerge when you change the past. So they mentioned in this episode, don't go do anything that's going to change the future. When y'all go back through this portal, don't you tell nobody nothing. Don't save nobody. Don't rescue. Don't do shit. That's going to change what's happening currently. Because when you do that, you can disrupt. It's the butterfly effect. You can yeah. disrupt everything by changing something that you think is small. And that was repeated a lot through this episode. So we're going to get into all of that, man. Um, Whew, let's start how we always start, man, with our ratings. I don't I don't really think it needs to be said, at least for me, man. This another this two white buffs in a row. All white, white sticks. Buffies. Come on, Got dog. The girls want to love me. Come on, dog. This is two white sticks, five stars, five everything across the board. This episode was amazing, man. Um, we picked up right where we left off with D. The episode opened up with something that we briefly mentioned last week. Oh, before we get into it, man, this is this is from Ant. This ain't got nothing to do with Jay, but I do want to throw this out there, man. I just want to say to the listeners, dog, last week I wasn't really here. I wasn't really here mentally, man. And when I listened back to that episode, it didn't necessarily sound like it maybe to somebody who was listening, one of our, our normal audience members, dog. But me listening back, my energy wasn't here, man. I was dealing with something personally that uh that I'm still dealing with. But last week it was fresh and it was it had just happened. And uh, it wasn't my best episode. And with Lovecraft especially, yeah. I like to be mentally where I want to be. And I, I know I wasn't there. And I listened back. I think I was up 26 hours when we recorded yeah, that yeah. episode too. It was, it was just, it was a rough one for me. And I, I wanted to throw best. that out there, man. Um, <laughs> Shout out to y'all for messing with it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, Because I, I told a, pe a couple people um, who listened to the show and they threw it out there. They was like... Doug, you serious, nigga? Like, that episode was fire to me. And I was like, dog, not to me. But what made me realize it was how much I didn't say on the pod that I, when I went back and watched that episode, was like, oh, yeah, that was so dope. That was so dope. And then when I listened to the pod, I said, damn, I ain't man, mentioned none of that. All, all the time. Man. I was just off, man. But uh, we we bike. Episodes is bike. So um, this episode nine, it picked up where we left off. Uh, we, we last saw D getting the claws stuck into her arm, right, from Topsy and Bopsy. And Jay mentioned it last week. I think they poisoned her. That's what you said. And you was right. You was right. They um they put something in her to turn her into one of them. She about to be the new Topsy. So uh, the, I didn't realize that that, what, that is what she was turning into. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was just going to die. Like, I didn't think it was going to turn. Even in the beginning of the episode when they show her arm. Yeah, I didn't know. I still was very shocked when they showed that she had turned full topsy. Um, yeah. By the time the uh, 
spell was about to kick in. But it also started out with something that me and you mentioned last week. Um, everybody basically talking about how they were ignoring D. Yeah. Like, yo, y'all, they was pointing fingers. Yo, y'all left her alone. And nigga, y'all let her walk around by herself. And y'all, y'all was watching her. And then Ruby jumped in and cut everybody off and was like, stop pointing the fingers. It's all y'all fault. And I'm like, wait, wasn't you the babysitter? Right. And then I, we mentioned, like, why she just tell Uncle George and all yeah. the other stuff? Yeah. And then, like, I don't know. I guess we just forgot. <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, no, that first scene, though, was really, um, or Uncle uh, Montrose. Montrose. You know why? You know yeah. what? You know, because what we about to talk yeah, about yeah, yeah. is the reason I didn't. Because on second watch, I fast forward that I fast forward mm, that scene because I didn't want to see the I didn't want to see the spit on her yeah. forehead, and I may have been so distracted by that that, that it I slipped. wasn't yeah. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, like, that that, that scene was rough. Dog. It was really disturbing, especially again tying that in with the trauma from Emmett Till, and then seeing those cops do that to not only another young black teenager but a girl. It was just a lot to deal with, man. Um, so when the scenes open up, something else that was happening in the beginning. They all started revealing the secrets that everybody's been holding. Like shit was coming out in this first scene. So they were talking about um well, but for D, part of the spell was that she couldn't tell nobody. Yeah. Yep. Um so she didn't tell nobody. Yeah, nobody <laughs> knows what's happening. Yeah, they just so. know something happened. And Montrose obviously being the one that rescued her or found her at least. Uh, he probably was like, "What the hell?" Because I'm like, "No, why won't you say, yo, these two chicks is following yeah. me? Or watch out, Letty, or yeah. you know what I'm saying?" But she couldn't. And that's you know what's kind of crazy about that spell too. Now that you mention that, not that no one else could see the Topsy and Bobsy characters, but that they couldn't hurt nobody. From all we seen, like mm -hmm. like when Montrose came to get her, they didn't kill Montrose to get him out the way it was like it's inside of her yeah so they was like all right we just gonna dig into her and well you know mind over matter all that matters is the mind once that's once you manifest that shit in your own mind no one can ever see that shit but you yeah so um they say yo we gotta fix this spell man and i mean you could see it in everybody's eyes nobody knows how <laughs> like we all new to this magic man and uh shit tick like we've been saying for eight episodes prior to this one, he still doesn't know the extent of what his powers are. Does this nigga have powers, though? Or does I, he just got the bloodline? Well, here's the thing. I think he does, but I think it's all ineffective if he doesn't know how to access it. I don't think that he... I, I think some of these spells were based off of his blood because the nigga who made the spells were. But I don't know that he has any extra powers more so than anyone else. Man. I think some of the spells that the original Braveheart was using... Were just he because he, he made spells or made mm -hmm, a spell, mm -hmm. but he made them based off his bloodline. Yeah. So like I don't know that. I'm not saying he doesn't. Yeah. Like, yeah. I literally don't know. Well, to this point, we haven't seen him do anything. And when you think about um the spells, even his invulnerability spell, his dad read that off. Like he knew how to create the symbol because Christina showed him what symbol to use. But his dad read that off, and I'm like, yo, if Tick wasn't standing in the middle of that symbol. Instead of Montrose, or I'm sorry, if uh, Montrose was standing in the middle of that symbol instead of Tick, would he be invulnerable, dog? <laughs> like, or do you need Braithwaite blood to have that? But then it's like you don't, because well, you're not invulnerable. They just he well, he's he protecting something about uh, he's protecting. Uh, uh, yeah, he added some protection to him. Yeah, so um, he don't got the uh, the Letty. Tick throws it out there. I don't think Letty got the Letty. Letty I wrote got, Letty I, got shot. I just wrote this. I'm gonna tell you why. 
I just wrote this in the uh, Facebook group. Hey, if y'all are looking to discuss Lovecraft, go join This Week in Culture on the Facebook group. We got a great convo happening over there right now. But I just wrote this before I headed to the studio, dog. And I was going to get to it later, but fuck it, we here. I don't think Letty has the invulnerability. I think Christina gave it to the baby. And I think as long as the baby's in Letty's stomach, Letty's invulnerable. I think she did it for a couple of reasons. One, I think... Christina knew I can't let Letty get hurt and keep doing whatever I'm doing with Ruby. I don't know what she's trying to do with Ruby, if she really love her or not, like her or not, I don't know. But I can't keep Ruby getting me information and all that if I let her sister die. So I'm a front, like I'm giving her this invulnerability. But two, it was some last week that bothered me when she put it on her stomach, like the little symbol or whatever. I said, dog, that either killed the, a whole flame just went through your belly. That either killed that baby or protected that baby. And I think this is just enough to make Letty look like she's protected, make Christina look like she got Ruby back and ain't going to hurt your sister. But Christina knows her dad and Titus died trying to do what she finna try to do with Tick. She also knows if it works, Tick going to die. So either way, one of us or both of us might die when I try to hit him with the spell on the autumnal equinox. So let me make sure it's still some Braithwaite protected in here. I think and it's that baby. The, I think it's the case, but she gave it to Letty because the baby's inside of her. Man. You Man. know what I'm saying? And then she, more than likely, she can take the shit off. If she put it on, she can take Man. it off. Man. So, like, as long as she is protected while the and the baby's inside of her, the baby's going to be good because I need your blood. I'm using yeah. up all Tick's blood for this spell, yeah. and I may need some more Braithwaite blood. Yeah. So Because I could also you. fuck this spell up, and it don't work. Yeah. And Tick dying now ain't got no blood. Yeah. yeah. So I'll put the sh protection shit on you. You had this baby, and once the baby's out, I may take that shit off of you. Yeah. And now I got, <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying? And what we do know, 100% confirmed, is that the baby's protected somehow because he's born and grows up and lives a life and writes Lovecraft Country. In the future, so whether he protected or not, he don't die. Yeah, I we don't know even that. think nobody. Yeah. In, in, in all honesty, other than um, I guess Tick, they not even like after them niggas. Yeah, Tick the only one who like, I think will blood. suffer, um, because he's the only one with the blood yeah. that they need. So we was fucking. Matter of fact, wasn't this shit? This shit was never about Letty. Yeah, was never about none of y'all. We came over here. We thought the Ori was in there. Yeah, and like Christina told him in a few episodes back. Was like you brought the extra people. We yeah. sent the letter to you. Yeah, uh, we don't. We ain't <laughs> need to involve them. Why you think? Because Letty gave her the uh, the book of name or the pages yeah. last week. The she gave her the negatives from her um, camera, and she has the key to the Ori that she got from Tick. Yeah. Why you think she ain't been down to Kentucky to fix your shit yet and do whatever she had planned on doing originally? Like she a human though, and she not the smartest. She ain't the smartest dog. Cause like, I'm like they gave you everything you needed, like except take Hippolyta. Like she a smart motherfucker. Facts. She can fix Facts. a machine. Facts. And I went to the future, and I'm smarter than you niggas. I went to the future and learned, and then came back to stunt and let y'all know everything I learned, nigga. Oh yeah. Um. So they in there with D They say yo we need to fix this spell Nobody knows how And Tick just went ahead and threw it out there He said we gotta call Christina Cause they asked him to, to do a spell Yeah they looked at him He like I don't know no spells for real man And they was like well no we not about to keep fucking around with this shit And yeah. keep fucking around with magic And we don't know what we doing Call somebody to, Let's call an expert 
And Montrose even said it. We got lucky with our shit. The shit we did last week and the monsters came to get you and protect you. Nigga, we need somebody who know what the fuck they doing. That's yeah. a quote. So, well, uh, Montrose ain't say that. Pardon me. Tick said that. And Montrose was objective to it. He like, yo, we don't need to keep doing this magic, dog. But Tick is like, bro, don't trip. We ain't going to let her come in here and wild out and do all that. What we going to do is offer her Titus's pages. I'm going to give it a page to save D. Hey. <laughs> that motherfucker be so. He just knew he had them pages. I'm, I'm going to give it a page to save D. Here's my thing, Tick. Where the pages at? Letty, I mean, my woman said she had them. Nigga, your woman be lying. And that was the first of the secrets that started rolling out in this scene. So Letty went on and confessed. She said, um... Hey, dog, I already gave Christina Titus's pages. Um, I traded them so I could get you the invulnerability, but she ain't give it to you. She gave it to me. So, sorry, we ain't got no no bargain right there. Montrose got pissed off immediately at Letty, dog. Oh, you saved yourself, goddammit. And not only you saved yourself, now you might get my son killed because Letty don't know. That Montrose and Tick are already aware that he dies in the future um, during the autumnal equinox. That's what he saw when he went through the portal. So they pissed off. They like, God damn, dog. So then Tick is like, yo, that was the only leverage that we had. Ruby stepped in and was like, eh, Christina helped D for me. That nigga Tick looked up with that Carmelo face like, bitch, you fucking up. (laughs) Nigga, like, how the fuck is what? Like, Christina gonna help you? How you even know Christina? That's how Tick was looking at Ruby. Like, dog, what the fuck are you talking about? What you think about Ruby and Christina relationship, dog? You think she using her, bro? I think it's exactly how Christina said. <laughs> Christina be gaming her, by the way. like, And she telling the truth. Cause yeah. like, when you don't really care, like, <laughs> if I'm not afraid of consequences, yeah. uh, I don't So, like, I think people lie when they're afraid. Yeah, 100%. So, if I'm not afraid of what happens afterwards, I'm just going to tell you the truth because I don't care about your feelings. And, um, I was just hitting them girls. I was gonna get right back. I mean, essentially, what she yeah. said, like, no, I wasn't using you, but I saw opportunity and I took it. You know what's kind of crazy about what you just said? Though? I think people lie when they're afraid. It was some in this episode, and I can't remember what. Oh, um, the scene with Young Montrose and Thomas when yeah. they was talking. Um, I think people lie when they're afraid, but I also think you get when the fear gets overwhelming. That's when you get the most truthful. Like, they lie at the beginning of the fear. Like, yo, I'm afraid of what might happen, so I'm going to tell this lie. But then when it's like you backed into a corner and lying won't help you anymore, that's when I think you get full truths out of people, dog. Like, And that I really think that Montrose was finally able to admit it when he realized, dog, I've been standing here lying, telling this boy all the shit that I'm telling him, you a faggot, you this, you that, and then boom, he get killed. And nigga, now, immediately, I realized this first dude I ever loved. Shit was crazy, dog. But... They go get Christina. She came through and she let him know off top like, yo, this is a blood spill. You need dog. Lancaster got to remove this. I can't do it. But what I can do is reverse the time of it and start it back over at the beginning. So she'll get another 24 hours. This is the part I was confused about. Okay. And, um, yo, we need blood of the closest relative to do it. Yeah. Um, They looked at Montrose. Yeah. Why? Because he's her dad's brother. He's always the dad brother. Yeah. 
whether he's tick father or not he's the dad like what what was the reason to say uh, uh, i'm not i might not be your dad well that don't got nothing to do with nothing i think he was saying that because because like tick, technically tick cousin. would be as the cousin tick is like a second person removed you cousin or the brother yeah so tick see brother you closer cousin you second removed but like because then you my dad brother's son my dad brother would come before you you see what i'm saying yeah but like in any like i didn't get how they tied to i might not be your dad yeah this don't got nothing this this is about the relationship to d yeah so to you you are d's uncle no matter what yeah Tick, you could be her brother or you can be her cousin. But like, I thought this was a weird way to for the reveal to happen. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it didn't directly tie. It didn't have a, the outcome wouldn't have changed. Yeah. I was like, huh? It was definitely, I get it, but I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Because you the uncle regardless, nigga. So cl- like, even if, it's never going to be Tick. <laughs> it's so if he was as her brother is Tick, though. Could be. Yeah. The closest would be Hippolyta, but at that point, they didn't even know she was available. Um, Montrose started drinking again, told Tick, yo, I might not be your dad. Tick immediately went, yo, did my mama cheat on you with Uncle George? Tick was hurt for his dad for a minute. This is a good part, too. Yeah. Because we always knew this, but we wasn't sure how. Yeah. And they yes the answer to that question is yeah. yes but then it's yes and it's no because yeah she was with uncle george while she was with me but she was with me like we said in the beginning to protect me from what people would really think of me if they knew what i was dog well, i don't see i don't i at first initially going to this that's what i thought but after thomas uh, was murdered in front yeah. of him. He said he hit all the soft stuff about him. Yeah. And he. F- and oh, he, I got that whole quote. We're going to get to that. And like he, quote unquote, lived as a man. Yeah. So I think he was dating her for real. And. But she already knew that about him. So I think. So in the scene where she comes when he's getting beat by his dad, that's what led me to. She was always protecting him. Yeah. Um, even with whatever she had going on with George. My relationship with you has always been to protect you. But the three of them came together over a trauma bond. Because look at what we survived. We're the only three from both of our families to make it out alive from that Tulsa riot. And that trauma bond can bring people together who wouldn't normally be together in a very unconventional or unconventional situation. Uncle George got shot? Because I heard them somebody say something about he stopping. He about to go stop Uncle George from getting shot. No, 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 no. They were worried about him going to tell young Uncle George that he was going to be shot. Like, basically, I was going to take your place. Yeah, like, I'm going to take your place in the future so you can stay alive and da-da-da-da. That was what they was worried about. And basically, nigga. I'm thinking, like, is this how Uncle George had bad knees? But I'm like, no, he got bad knees because he got his shit messed up on the the road. on the road, yeah. So um, during that reveal... That Uncle George might be Tick's dad. Letty comes in and she says, yo, Christina's here. She ready. And she need the blood. And right before Montrose and Tick got into it, Hippolyta walked right back in. 
and said, oh, D's sick? Yo, um, y'all can't see this, but I can. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Hippolyta. Hey, it's man. A, it's a it's a appreciation. Yeah. Like no, woo. that's 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 a baddie, dog. Anjanou. I am blanking on her last name, and I'm terrible. I want to say it's Lewis, but I could be lying. I found some old school lie. pictures of uh her Anjanou Ellis movies. I forgot that yeah. she was in. Anjanou Ellis, man, that's a legend, dog, and she really can act, bro. Like. She, I personally, like, on this episode, it was between her and Montrose, like, for my favorite. Like, they was killing this episode, dog. Fam, Tick murdered this shit, dog. He did, but he ain't say nothing. It was all face acting. It was killing it. Going crazy. That boy be clenching his jaw to the death, nigga. Montrose did a good job. Michael K was in his bag, dog. At the, towards the end. Yeah. When he had a conversation with Tick. The rest of it. Both of them was going yeah, crazy, yeah, yeah, dog. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Hippolyta pops back. She's alive. For everybody who thought she was dead, um, Letty, everybody. She wasn't dead. She came back. We still don't necessarily learn in detail where she was at or what she was doing and why she didn't come back. But she came back when she was ready to come back, save her goddamn daughter. I mean, she was on our 504. And uh, for. Live from the 504. It's Mr. Crazy Flow jumping like a bunch of no rope. Facts. Like, I came back. It's not that she was gone. Yeah. Like, I came back. I picked a time where I wanted to come back. Like, I know y'all think it was like two weeks. Yeah. Nigga, I was going for 200 years. Yeah. It was Earth's equivalent to 200 years, is exactly what she said. Come on, man. Um, but one thing we forgot to mention real quick, um, when Christina agreed to reverse the cycle of the curse and started from the beginning, she said, I'll only do it if Tick willingly comes back to Artem with me on the night of the autumnal equinox. This is a night that we just heard referenced last week when Tick was telling uh, Montrose, yo, I went into the portal as well. I saw the future. I die on the night of the autumnal equinox. And then he confirmed it when Jihad came and he was asking her, well, when do I die? How do I die? Like, you don't know nothing. And Jihad was just like, I don't know shit about all of the winds in the house. I just know you die. And he was like, yes, on that night of the autumnal equinox. So needless to say, probably ain't the greatest idea to go willingly back to Artem with her. But I did take something to the fact that she said willingly. So like matter of factly, like. I can't drag him back. I can't put a curse on him or a spell and take him under sort of duress. Yeah. Intent. Gotta have intent. So um Christina gets the blood from Hippolyta. They start to reset the curse. These she's full topsy now. They got her tied to the bed. Um but she in topsy mode, heavy, but then it reverses and it takes her back to D. While this is happening though. On the other side of town, before Christina came, matter of fact, this is before she came and turned her back, she went to Lancaster's office. And he's in there dying over and over again. He keeps dying. His other um, order members, they're killing black, they're kidnapping black folks and bringing them there to try to replace his torso that's been blown off. What is it, 2020? Whoa, whoa. So... William walked in. Christina went in there as William. Do you think it's something that she went in as William and not as Christina? Because they the ones who killed William. That's why. They so she at went him. to to shock him. Yeah, that's what I'm she back. was like. You're supposed to be dead. Yeah, they they definitely said that as soon as William walked in. They was like, "Yo, you supposed to be dead." She was like, "Well, he was like, 
I die a thousand. Every time I turn back to Christina, William dies. Every time. And she went in there and she was like, yo, Lancaster, you lucked and ran out. She called him the, the man of nine lives. You lucked and ran out. This time, no matter how many times you heal that wound that killed you, it's going to keep coming back. And this was allowed to happen because Ruby put that disc, whatever she had, uh-huh. in the office when she gave her the the, 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 quick, the quick change. Yep. Yep. Quick change stuff. So. Yeah, when she was in the closet, saw the old man or the other man or whatever. So um, he told him, yo, I want you to keep dying. I want you to die a thousand times. But he was like, I'm going to just settle for this one. And he watched Lancaster die. So now we know Lancaster did. Yeah, I thought that was anticlimactic, though. It was um, because of how evil he was. And I don't think they gave us enough of the William Lancaster. Like, y'all should have shown us how they killed William. And maybe they told us, but it was like to make this scene effective, I needed a little bit more. I got got hope for season two because they said season finale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got some some other season two predictions on stuff they might might touch on next year if they bring it back. So, two, 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 two. Fast forward, Christina did the spell. She reversed it or reset it rather. And then now Hippolyte is there and Hippolyte is like, yo, we have to go back to the observatory to get the book of names because the only way we can reverse the spell is with the book of names. She started asking questions. Well, yeah. Like she, she like up to date, like what's the spell based in? Uh Is this, is this word? What you need this? What you need that? All right, fine. Fuck it. We're going to go back to 1921. Let's get this going to be good in eight hours. Because they told her. They told her, um, she was like, well, where's the book of names? It was like the last known copy was with Tick Mama in Tulsa. Burned up in the house. Burned up in the house. So she like, all right, we got to go back. D got 24 hours. Going to take us six to get to Kentucky. Going to take, take another three to four to fix, to the, fix the observatory. Yeah, or the um, the multiverse machine. When they called it time machine, she called it multiverse. Because that's, like she said, it's over $60 trillion. And so this is a this is a uh, also. Um, some people think time works one way. Some people think it works another. Yeah, like we've always been taught, um, kind of what you alluded to, and via Back to the Future. Yeah, you change one thing in this finite Earth. Yeah, so that's not really happen. That don't happen that way. When nah. you change one thing, another strand. Yep, or another. Which That's is, how you get to sixty trillion yeah. different versions of one yeah. life. So something changed in this one, yeah, but it kept going as normal, like yep. in the other. So, uh, um, speaking of Marvel, um, <laughs> for the for the multiverse heads, yeah. man. Uh, speaking of Kentucky, so I'm about to point out a couple things here. First, uh, salute to Misha Green. I wish somebody would let me know while this was happening live. Misha Green was answering Lovecraft questions last night. Um, but somebody pointed out, they said upon second watch of last night's episode, can someone please explain how the conservatory moved from Kansas to Kentucky? Misha Green responded and said, whispers the truth because I didn't notice the shot of D's Atlas that said Kansas at the top of it in episode five until y'all hit me with this question. My bad. The observatory's in Mayfield, Kentucky. So it was just a, it was an error. Because I noticed that too when I watched it last night. 
yo, they just said Kentucky, nigga, that shit was in Kansas. And then I'm going back through our app to make sure we ain't messed up. Well, they see, messed up over at HBO. That makes a little bit more sense how the police officers were there. Remember, I was yeah, like, yeah. well, how long? How, how they far, get there? How far is can we go? Kansas like, six hours, or I'm sorry, Kansas eleven hours, Kentucky six. We still in the Midwest. Yeah. Um, but then I got to getting my Kentucky research on. And I started uncovering some bags. Um, episode one of the season. You remember when, right at the beginning, when Tick woke up on the bus after he had that dream? He woke up. It's an older black lady there. Um, she saw him work at, wake up kind of startled. And she was like, oh, don't worry. We're just going over another bridge named after one of them former slave owners. Right. And Tick goes, man, I'm just glad to get out of Jim Crow South. And he sticks his middle finger out the window. And when they focus in it's on his up. middle fingers, it... In front of the Welcome to Kentucky sign. So I thought that was a cool little callback. But then when we get into this Tulsa shit, I'm going to get a little deeper into Kentucky. So y'all just wait on that. But that was the first little callback I thought was cool. Um, So D says, or I'm sorry, Hippolyta says we got to go to Kentucky. She only got 24 hours, so we got to get there now. While they're packing up D and putting her in the back of the car um, and getting ready to dip, Ruby is back at Christina's Northside Chicago house and she was down there sitting with Hillary, the white woman who she turns into. Hillary's still unconscious, getting the blood in her or getting the blood removed from her for the potion or whatever. And she down there and she has that combo with Well, this con we missed one part. What's up? Um was when we when when initially Ruby said, Christina, do it for me. She had a mm -hmm. conversation oh, with yes, yes. Letty. Yep. Which prompted this conversation yep. Like no she using you And she like Yeah Well technically She healed you Yeah um, She didn't shoot you Yeah her cause Letty was like I got shot And she was like By her dad By her dad And she healed you and She brought you back you, to life And then gave, made you invincible Like come on fam like, She helping She like you should be getting in the car with me Yeah And she was like hmm. Cause she also told her um, Cause Letty like You can't trust her And Rupi was like You can't trust Atticus and Montrose Cause she don't like Montrose dad Montrose Atticus dad Yeah I mean Yeah yeah But she don't like them And I think she sees Like the little random attitudes That Atticus has Like them little spurts Where he get mad and shit I think she looks at Montrose And when Atticus does That sort of shit She like dog and You don't wanna be with These two abusive motherfuckers Yeah and she like, nigga, you acting like mama, running behind every man she ever dated, dog. Like, look at these niggas. You don't want to be with them. And then she was like, and that plan that she has, the spell, that she like, it's going to kill. Tick. Tick. Yep. And then this conversation had, and she kind of. Yeah, so Ruby asked um, Christina, she said, are you only helping, are you only helping D to get Tick back to Autumn? And Christina kept a buck with her. Say yeah, motherfucking <laughs> like, um, favor for a favor. That's yeah. how they do business. And I, I like the way Ruby worded it though. She said, "I'm not stupid. I know I was your plan B. You couldn't get my sister to because you tried to get Letty to do your dirty work for you, and you couldn't. You couldn't get in the house. You couldn't get in the house as you, Christina, wasn't ever getting in there. William wasn't getting in there without an invite." And you came to me and I invited you. And now look at all the shit you were able to do. Now that you got Tick coming back to Artem with you willingly, what the fuck you need me for, dog? And Christina told her, look, nigga, I ain't your mama. I ain't your sister. If you can't see that I ain't trying to hustle your ass, be, I don't know what else to tell you, dog. Be going, Jekyll. 
She like, I didn't gave you all this shit. Look at what you got. You can literally turn into the white woman you've always wanted to be. <laughs> Which is a wild bar, nigga, to say the least, dog. And uh, Ruby was like, so are you going to kill Tick? <laughs> Christina was like, basically, you know, touch my shit. You know, drop my shit. I got dope in the house. And nigga. I, I got spell in the house and I hide my shit. She was like, yo, are you going to kill Tick on the autumnal equinox? Christina was like, "Yeah, yeah, dog gonna die." Like well, she, she said, like, uh, she said, "I need his blood and I need all of it." So, so you know, you know, if so facto, <laughs> nigga might not die. That's what but he mom, gonna die. That's the kind of shit I do at work. I won't give you that. Yeah, like, no. I don't, don't want to say it to you. Like I'm like, well, this is what I can do. So you can't do this. <laughs> well, the options that are available are. <laughs> so Ruby told her, "Look, man, just don't kill Letty. Like I don't really care about Tick." But don't kill my goddamn sister, dog. And then, um, it's wow. <laughs> then Ruby turned off the oxygen that was keeping Hillary alive but unconscious. Because she, she want to be black now. I think this was like the beginning of yo. I trust me being with you as a black woman instead of as a white woman. Why? I have no clue. But this is Ruby like starting to really say like I love Christina and I want to be with Christina, not William. Because last week it was, yo, I ain't want to fuck you as a black woman on this day of all days. But now I'm about to literally kill the potion. Potion gone now. I well, can't I mean, be white. The woman, she can still smash William because she's still a woman. Well, yeah. yeah and Christina she, can still turn into William. But yeah. I don't think it's William that she loves. I really think she's starting to love Christina, dog. Just my thoughts. So then um, Montrose, Tick, Letty, Hippolyta, they take D. D is still unconscious. They take her to Kentucky. And when they get there, Montrose gets out the car. He's starting to hear voices from the past, right? He'd been hearing them all day. He was hearing them earlier before he revealed to Tick that uh, George might be his dad. But now he's hearing them again. He hear his dad beating him. He hears men screaming out, nigger, faggot. Man, one thing that um, right before Hippolyte and all that stuff, yeah. when um, him and Tick was arguing, He's Tick found him drinking. Yeah. Tick was like, all the years I was sitting in that exact same chair wishing Uncle George was my father. Yep. Boy, that got to hurt. Boy. That Boy. got to hurt. You know what made me know that it hurt? It was his speech later when he told him, nigga, no matter what happened, I always wanted to be your father. Yeah. Like, it was fucked up. We going to get, because that speech was, like, when you broke that motherfucker down, dog, I wrote the whole thing, but that was a bar, man. But, um, yeah, that got to hurt to look your son in the eye and that nigga tell you, Nigga, I wished Uncle George was my dad, and the whole time I'm finding out he might have been. And it wasn't for nothing, and I wished that because you was beating the fuck out of me. you was beating my ass, dog. And then juxtaposed that with Montrose tormented, hearing all these voices of his dad beating him, hearing these men. Salim! Yeah, dog. Hey, man. Salute to uh to Will Callet, Callier. I can't, I can't forget how to pronounce dude's name, but from love is... um. He was great in this role. It was very, it was minor. He ain't have a ton of lines, but it, it fit him perfect. It was perfect because I, I mean, a few people told me this when Love Is was out. They was like, I don't know about that lead actor dog. He he come off kind of abusive, nigga, like very I think, controlling. I think that was the point. And I was like, well, I think in that in Love Is he for sure was controlling. But now I'm starting to look at Will Kelly like, yo, dog, you play these roles a little little too thorough. But um, one thing that Montrose heard in the voices was his father beating him but saying specifically 
You walk around with damn flower in your head, preening in front of the mirror. And I was like, that's a very specific beating to remember, dog. Yeah, we, and found, yeah. we found out what it was and what exactly um or where exactly that came from. But I that one caught me more than any other thing he was hearing when uh, when the voices was going off. So they go up in the uh in the observatory, and when they get in there, Letty they was trying to fix the thing. They everybody playing with wires. Um, Hippolyte is instructing everybody on what to do. And Letty and Montrose are over there on the same side. And uh, Letty admitted that I took the invulnerability spell from Christina for a reason. And Montrose was like, "Yeah, no, you're pregnant." She was like, "Who told you?" Like Tick, Ruby told you. Yeah, no, Fuck Tick, my son. I don't talk to Ruby. I don't even know Ruby. Fuck <laughs> a stranger, nigga. I just met you. You talking about Ruby with the white nigga? No, I don't fuck with her. But no, my son told me you was pregnant, all and that I'm gonna be a granddad. All lives matter, Ruby. <laughs> no, no, we not doing that. Fuck the white dude as the white girl instead of as the black girl, Ruby. Sean King ass Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> she gonna take. She take the potion to turn into Sean King. <laughs> Racially ambiguous. <laughs> Yo, my ah, bad, Sean. Ah, ah. I heard you listen. My Yo, bad. that was a little jokey. Joke. Yo, Sean King, what up, man? <laughs> <laughs> that was wild. <laughs> so Montrose was like, "Yeah, man, Sean be taking that potion every day." <laughs> oh shit! He gonna go on Twitter live one day. Oh shit! Potion go wear out. Black Sean King dies every time. <laughs> Every time he turned into white Sean King. Oh, oh my God. I wonder what he looked like. What's the original version? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That was wild. Right. Oh man. Salute Sean King, man. It's all jokes, man. It's love over here. But um Montrose was telling her too, like, yo, fam. <laughs> D-Ray's drinking the blue best pop on. <laughs> all right. Stop. All right, let's go. And where'd D-Ray get that blue vest at, man? He got tons of them. Where'd he get that blue vest tons at? Oh, you think he's swapping new ones? I, I saw like I saw an interview like he buys and the company sends him one. Oh yeah, I yeah. want him to turn. I want you to stop. I want him to switch that. He's not a cartoon character. Like green. He yeah. like he moved like the Simpsons. Like the same fit. Like, same fit. Stop it. Oh, that was funny. So uh, Montrose told Letty, "Yo, man, you basically just signed my son's death certificate, dog. Like you're killing my kid." <laughs> and, man. Said, and I'm not gonna get over. Yeah, that. And he was like. You can't make this right. <laughs> like you pick the side, stay there. Yeah, like I, I hear you, but you can't make this right. So she God. was like, "Yo," she said, "It's a bunch of different, yeah, uh, realities and herbs. She may not be right." Yeah. So Hippolyta fixed the multiverse machine, um, but she said we need to rewind back to Tulsa 1921 specifically. But why that day? She not be any act like. And did you notice they didn't know it was well Montrose obviously because he, he was there he lived it, but he ain't know till they got over there that it was that day. Um. So, hold up. Oh, this was I thought this was real cool before they went over there. Um. She was like, the machine will need a motherboard, and I just thought it was cool. To, you know, motherboard is a common term. They call it a million things. Main board. Any you can call it a million not, things. Not in 1955. In 1955, I thought it was cool. Just a little quick subtle nod to black women being the mother of all human life, all creatures, all black women is God. Like I thought that's what they was going for when she said one, when she called it a motherboard. 
Um, but then, because the definition of a motherboard is the mother of all components attached to it. Yeah, but like in 55, computers were not yet. Yeah. So I think that was explained to her that, hey, I've been to the future and I know what computers yeah. and shit are. She's like, what's a motherboard? Because if, if they would have said it needs a motherboard, yeah. when nobody thought nothing of Mm-mm. it, and we'd have just moved on. Yeah. But I need to break and let you know. No, I'm. This is. I'm from the future. Yeah, like I, yeah. I've, been, I've been in the future. I really. I liked her saying that. That just it caught me on the second time around. I was like, all right, I, I see you. Um. So then she told Montrose. She said, "Yo, we need to use that picture you keep in your wallet so we can triangulate exactly where you need to be to jump in the portal." And ah, yeah. So that pit. I wonder when that picture was taken. Because that picture probably. I wonder if prom was going to be held at the Stratford Hotel. Because, you know, that was really the day of Booker T. Washington High School's prom yeah. in uh, 1921. So I wonder, because you had them two girls walking through the hotel, kind of already dressed, talking about prom. I wonder if they were going to have it in like a banquet hall or something like that. I'm fairly sure. Um, but Montrose told, he started to tell the story that, uh, yo, my dad saved up every year so that one night a year he could take us to the Stratford. And we could have a good like family night. And the picture was of young him, young George, and a dad on a night that they went to the Stratford Hotel. Um, so they used that picture to triangulate the portal to the exact coordinates that would put them in the Stratford Hotel in a room. And they all go through the portal. Um, but before they jump through there, Hippolyta instructed everybody, don't do anything that might change this future. Don't go back 30 years. And do shit to fuck up this. Now, we are well versed in this. Yeah. Because we watch a bunch of movies. Facts. Mainly Back to the Future Facts. and all the other shit. Yep. Do you think they know what the fuck that mean? No. This well, all right. I was surprised that Tick and all I, I was surprised they had they they paid so much attention to that. Yeah. Cause like y'all have no concept of like of a what, grandfather paradox. What, like, <laughs> that means I, nothing. And for for Tick, maybe because he went to the future yes. and went through that portal, this might make a little more sense to him. For Letty and Montrose, and I get it, Montrose, you were kidnapped and you were at that Braithwaite house, so you maybe seen some things and learned a lot. But these instructions, it was just crazy how casually they sort of received this info. Like, yo, don't don't go over there and butterfly effect anything. And they was like, I right, bet. And it's just like, y'all know what that mean? That is kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, but um, Montrose, so Tick went through, Letty went through. Montrose stepped through that portal slow as hell. Because he going back through. A, this is real trauma for him, dog. This is the one of the, if not the, the no, this is the worst day of your life. Yeah. It, it, it By far. This was the day of your life that the rest of your life came from. It's the worst day in, 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 in black in, people's history uh, outside of slavery. I think outside of slavery, it's the worst single day in American history, yeah. dog. Not just black American history. Like, America should be ashamed of itself for what happened on this day and what was allowed to go down, dog. So, real quick about the uh, the Stratford Hotel. So, that's where they went. Um, my reference to Kentucky. So, I made the one about the middle finger and shit that Tick held out episode one. This one was a little bit more detailed when i started thinking about kentucky so the stratford hotel was owned and founded by jb stratford he's one of the two men that's credited with starting black wall street and the greenwood district um 
but J.B. Stratford, he came to Tulsa in 1899 and was already doing his own thing, right? Before uh, O.W. Gurley came there and they started working together to build the whole Greenwood District. But anyway, what made me start thinking Kentucky was it was a little callback to J.B. Stratford's background, right? So his dad was a slave named Caesar, and he was a slave in Woodford County, Kentucky. His dad was taught how to read by his slave master's daughter. When he knew how to read well enough, he read the Emancipation Proclamation, and he learned how to petition his owner for his own freedom, right? He said, oh, shit, we, because of this, we actually can be free. So he petitioned his owner. They were on a trip to Stratford, Ontario in Canada. And while they were there, he petitioned his owner for his freedom. And his owner said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to grant you your freedom. Get out of here. You can stay in Canada. You can go back to the States. You can do whatever you want. So when he got his freedom, he went back to Kentucky to get his family. But what he did was he taught all of them how to liberate themselves from slavery he ain't just come like sneak them out he said yo i want y'all to do exactly what i did i'm about to teach y'all how to read what this proclamation means and what it means for your freedom obviously one of his children was jb stratford who then went down to tulsa after he left uh well he went to school first he went to um university of indiana for law school and then he went to tulsa to start his own empire right and jb stratford was known as the bill gates of black wall street um he was the at least from what records show the richest man on black wall street he got down there in 1899 ow Gurley got down there in 1906 but i thought that call back to having the observatory in kentucky that's where caesar jb stratford's dad was liberated his liberation started with learning how to read in kentucky this observatory is where the freeman family is going to become liberated dog in this moment so i thought that was a really it probably wasn't on purpose and i probably got into that point of lovecraft where now i'm just overthinking everything but i thought the shit was dope when i connected it all back to kentucky so yeah man, man. yeah man so anyway they jump to stratford kentucky and soon as they get in the room tick over here's two girls in the hallway saying that the clan damn what did she call them she called them like the uh the Kluxman or some shit, something funny. And she was like, they down at the courthouse making a ruckus and our prom, our dance going to be canceled. Mm -hmm. And uh, Tick was like, yo, I just heard them say something about a dance getting canceled. And Montrose was like, that day was Booker T. Washington's high school prom. Man. It got to be really weird. Yeah. I think I would want to, to an extent, uh, but not so like, can you picture standing back to the side and watching yourself go through stuff? No, you no. know what I'm saying. Like, yo, this is the this is the moment when I um I got caught cheating on the test. Yeah, or I yeah. fell down the steps, or I I did like, you know what I can't picture myself doing? Watching myself go through that stuff and not saving myself or telling myself to do something different. Exactly what Hippolyta told him not to do. Don't do nothing different. Go get that book and come back. Don't alter shit. But I like, can't see myself not altering something, dog. I'm like, yo, who say the regular way is the right way? Yeah. What if I want to alter myself and actually, uh, so way, way, way back in the day when I was like in elementary school, yeah. um, white folks came to the school um, talking about a computer and internet and, and shit like that and take these papers home to your mama and yep. your parents and shit. 
years later, I'm going through some old shit um, back in my old room I grew up in and picking up papers and shit. And I look at it, yeah. it's Yahoo. Mm. Talking about mm. stocks and shit and investing yeah. in Yahoo. So this is like, I was in elementary school. So yeah. this was like 94, 93 around like. Now, if I would have went home and took that papers to my parents, who knows if they was going to go buy some stock in Yahoo. Yeah. But what if? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I might have had a, a, a talk with my with young Jay. I like, mean, like, take, but take, that's, take 50 bucks <laughs> and don't touch it for 20 years. Yeah, you just know let what I'm saying? Sit. But that's the wild part about the multiverse, right? You saying go do that could string together a whole set of events that leads to better for you. Yes. But it could also set off a whole string of events that leads to worse. And for with somebody multi- else. But I don't care so no. <laughs> Maybe for you Maybe on the way to go Put the $50 Because the internet Wasn't really the thing Then for all black households For most households At the time It was very new Maybe on the way To go put the $50 In the damn bond yeah. Get in an accident Like yeah, it yeah, just yeah, yeah. It's so many options That come up Like it's 60 trillion dog So it's like I feel you on like Damn like You could see that one thing That might have changed Your life for the better Like, it's But certain- what would have happened like, is there are there some moments that you would like to go back and witness yourself in, even if they're good moments? You stand into the side, and you get the whatever. I would like to. The only moment I probably would like to relive again um, is the morning of my dad's accident. Uh, that morning, I got up for school. My dad was still there. He normally would already be um, at work by the time I woke up for school. And when I woke up and went downstairs, he was sitting on the couch, chilling, watch TV, and I'm like, "Oh, nigga, you ain't got to work today." He was like, no, I'm going in. And I'm like, all right, I'll see you later. And I just did. And it was, he said, I love you. I said, I love you too. Because um, that's just something my pops has always done. Like, I've never walked out of the house without him saying I love you. But I feel like had I known that would be the last moment that I saw my dad in his pre-accident state, I might have gone back and sat and chill with my dad a little well, bit Well, no, more. not to change nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just to watch. Yeah, yeah. I would go... I ain't seen my dad like that. Yeah. My my pops was home two years from prison before his accident. Yeah, yeah, so I ain't yeah. had a lot of normal years seeing my dad. So yeah, I would go back and watch that version of me talking to my dad or that version of my dad one more time, even knowing the events that would take place. Yeah. I wouldn't tell him don't go where he went, but you know what? Funny, ironic, not funny. Um, my dad accident was in Kentucky. <laughs> so wow. there's that. Um Multiverse, man. Uh, but no, that's woo. <laughs> yeah, the that's Yo, speaking <laughs> of the spookies, I sent Jay this shit. Um, so I work at a, a rather large advertising agency, and um, I am a part of uh, the talent acquisition team. I'm a senior manager there, and I work in a global role, but I work in finance, right? So any of the roles I fill at any of our offices globally are going to be finance related, and uh. I'm filling this one role and I got an email the other night from the CFO of one of our brands. His name is Tom Braithwaite. And it blew my mother. I've never heard the last name Braithwaite till this show. And they can put a spell on you. Fam. And to know that this nigga emailed me at like 8 p.m. on a Friday blew my mind. I said, yo, this nigga trying to get me, dog. Like, Hit the- <laughs> <laughs> nigga, I didn't like it at all, bro. Shout out to the Braithwaite family. Um, they all up in my life, apparently. <laughs> I've ne- this nigga has never emailed me in life. I talk to his team every day. 
And then he shot that shit. Yeah, that's wild. I, I ain't enjoyed that. I sent that to Jay just so he'll know if something happens, nigga. Find a book of names, bro. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got to go back to when did the Detroit riots happen? <laughs> 67. You got to go back to 67 and handle that, dog. Um, So they in the hotel. They realize, yo, we can't go out into the city looking like we look. We a little too modern right now. We 30 years ahead. 33, 34 years ahead. We got to put on some clothes and get dressed to go be among the people. How they did all that and Letty never changed her shoes, I'll never know, nigga. Letty went out there with some chucks on, like, was popping. I said, God damn it, dog. Which is the equivalent of, I don't know, <laughs> like, fucking. She could have had on a pair of Yeezys as far yeah, as they knew. I mean, they would have like, been like, what is that? <laughs> what are those? Like some foams. Where's some foam positive? Yeah, like, like huh? What? Like, uh, that blew my mind, dog. So they walking through the town. Um, as they're walking through, they're walking down Greenwood Avenue, um, which is obviously the center of Greenwood District. And I just could appreciate they were showing like real shops. Like, again, back to your point at the beginning of the pod about set design. They showed the Dreamland Theater again, um, owned by uh, John and Lula Williams, which, again, is also shown in the first episode and the last episode of Watchmen. Damn, I got a song that we should have played. Oh shit, where we at? Um, when I was, I wanted them to show Greenwood. I wanted them to show Archer. Yeah, and I wanted yeah. them to show Pine. Mm. Um, because Greenwood, Archer, and Pine yeah. is uh the Gap. Gap. Band, yep. Who from Tulsa? Yep. And um, the song "You Dropped a Bomb on Me" is about them dropping a bomb. And then I got it, baby. <laughs> Listen to that song. Oh yeah. You burned it down. You changed my world. You burned it down. You changed my world. For those who don't know, this song literally is about the Tulsa race riots, dog. Like word for word, nigga. We just they 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 played it. They, they cold switched. It up. Yeah. They cold switched like a mug. Yep. But the Gap Band is from is Greenwood, Archer, and Pine. Yep. The, the three streets they was from in Tulsa. And that song that had all the white folks singing too, that you dropped a bomb on me, y'all definitely did. I thought it was interesting too, um, thinking back on The Watchmen, when we first saw uh, on episode one, the, the Dreamland Theater, it was, they were in there, they was watching movie, like it was normal and shit. And then at the end, you remember Regina King's character is hiding out in there. On episode 10 or whatever, or 8, I can't remember what uh, what the last episode of Watchmen was, but she was hiding out in there. But during the actual riots, like, what really happened, black people would gather in the theater to organize their plan of action. Like, over the days of the riot and shit, they were going in there to figure out how we going to kill all these white people, how we going to protect, basically, Greenwood Avenue. We going to cr- protect this whole district. And um, I thought it was wild that Regina King hid in there for safety in a place that ultimately got burned down. You know what I'm saying? I, I I just thought that was a real interesting tidbit, how they used it in Watchmen, knowing what really happened uh, in, in Greenwood. Something else I thought was interesting too, man, um, with the Stratford Hotel and with the Greenwood Theater and several other buildings in the Greenwood District, um, these were all actually protected. Like, these buildings weren't ruined by niggas throwing Molotov cocktails or shooting up windows. Like... Black people 
JB Stratford, John Williams, uh, OW Gurley, all these people who own these buildings. It was a community. The whole community was out there shotgunned up. Because ready. Y'all can't come ruin my business. This is that's what you call a black community. Facts. Right now. We protect one another. We think we live we live in we're black people living in a white community. Because mm. we don't own none of the stuff that's over there. Mm. I just thought it was interesting that they were going back to this song, you dropped a bomb on me. That's how these buildings ended up being destroyed. Okay, we can't get to the main pillars of Black Wall Street because they're protecting it. So you know what? Now we coming from above. This is kamikaze style. How you tell somebody to pull themselves up by their bootstraps, mm-hmm. um, and they do, and you get so angry mm-hmm. that we don't need you. That I can be self sufficient. Yeah, got my own bus services, got my own doctors and lawyers. As um, Montrose went through. At the end, uh, Misha Green even posted that 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 page notes mm-hmm. on her page. Um, you're just so angry, man. That like leave me alone. Theaters, like, like why can't you leave me alone? Literally everything that we would need to operate as a community, independently of non-black people, we had it in this one area. They paid the cost of freedom, though. Yeah, they did. Um, and that's the gift and a curse, because that's what you need to. That's what you got to do to get to, to to be free. Like yeah. there, there is a cost for freedom. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And um, I don't think we. Yeah. Anyway. Oh <sighs> man, heavy. This episode was heavy as hell. So very much so. While they're walking through um the neighborhood, they walk past all these buildings. I thought it was shot very well. I did wish that they would have gone like you said, to Archer and Pine or just a little further down Greenwood. Like I wanted them to show all of Black Wall Street, but they get about a block away from Montrose and George's house and they were in an alley and they stopped. And when they stopped, they saw young Montrose getting beat by his father. And we started to hear what Mon- the uh, noises and, and all the shit that Montrose was hearing in his head, we started to see yeah. what was actually going on. And this is also after him and Tick got into an argument, and Tick said, Yeah, after this year, I don't want nothing to do with you. with you. Through, I'm through. Because they got into an argument walking up. Because Tick re- so Montrose stopped in his tracks as they were walking up. Because I'm we almost at my house. I'm almost about to see this vision that's been haunting me since we said we was coming back here. And he stopped in his track. And Tick and Letty turned around like, come on, Dad. Come on, Pop. Then you have a drink. And then he pushed him. And when he pushed him, Montrose stumbled. But I didn't take him stumbling as him being drunk. Yeah. I took it as, nigga, I was zoned out, dog. And then he pushed him and he stumbled. And Tick said, you pathetic. Because he did have a drink right before they got in the portal. He took that drink outside and shit. He bu- he bust the window out the car yep. and, and took a No, bottle. that was later. That was when he crept off by himself. Uh-huh. That's how he got that bat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, so yeah, Tick told him, yo, man, like you pathetic. I don't want like you gonna drink right now of all the fucking time that we needed you to be on your right. Nigga said, go back to the portal. <laughs> How you gonna send a nigga back to the portal, dog? <laughs> nigga called it a portal. He said, like, take your ass back to the portal. Literally told him to take his ass back to the portal, dog. And then um, so they they step forward a little bit, they see Montrose's dad beating Montrose, and it goes so he was trying to get ahead of the story. He said, I tried on George's prom, prom jacket. I put it on. They paid a lot of money to to buy that jacket, and they wasn't too happy about me wearing it before he went to prom tonight. And uh, 
Then the dad, as he's beating him with the switch, he screams out, line we already heard, walking around with flower in your head, you preening in front of the mirror, dancing and shit. So then Montrose kind of embarrassingly explained, yeah, it was just, that uh, was his corsage, man, um, shit. So he over there getting beat. His dad won't stop. He got the longest switch on the tree and he going crazy. And what's wild is they started having a conversation between them while he explaining the story. Yeah. In the background. Yeah. Shh. Just hearing it Shh. constantly, dog. I don't know if y'all ever got what with a peace tree switch. Yeah. Or a switch. A off switch. A tree. Yeah. That's a different type of beating, man. And you know what's wild? Going back to um to the to the sins of the father combo we started out with in the black trauma um that we uphold. Um, like we'd be like, man, I got late eighties, early night. Like I was getting my grandma, my grandparents whooped me with switches and shit. So when people would have those combos, uh, back in the day, oh, did you get whooped when you was younger? You gonna whoop your kids? Da, da, da. I always, again, held it as a badge of honor. I said, dog, I'm from Hooper City, Alabama. I've been getting whooped with switches since I could stand up, bro. That's what it was. And then later, when we got up north, it was belts and it was whatever my mama or dad could get their hand on or my grandma or my aunts or whoever was whooping me. But when you see it, it hits you different, dog. Because that's when you realize that's real abuse, dog. That ain't normal. Yeah, man. About a year and a half ago, yeah, um, family was around. And we had that conversation. My dad was at the table, but yeah. all the aunts and all the uncles yeah. were there. And we, we all adults now. It was 4th of July, one of these joints, and uh -huh. we had a conversation, and it wasn't like accusing nobody of stuff. We were yeah, just, not we just having a conversation about punishment, and, and like, so like, hey, you get kicked out of school for fighting yeah, um, because you couldn't you couldn't de-escalate without using violence to, to solve your problem. Yeah. So you're going to come home from, you got kicked out of school, so then you're going to come home to your parent, and instead of them yep. using their words to solve a problem, they're going to use Beat violence. Yep. Like, so how do you punish me for doing something by doing the same thing that you're punishing me for? And uh, it was it was a different conversation. Yeah. We recognized, and some of them was like, listen, this is just how we was taught. Yep. We were taught that, yo, when something goes wrong, when you don't do something that you were supposed to, you got beat. Yeah. And when you think about where it comes from, you know it comes directly from slavery. Um, because when you didn't do something right, you got beat. And then it became, well, listen, I'm going to beat you because if you do something wrong, they're going to kill you. Yeah. So now I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a beating so I can teach you not to yeah. do something because, well, you rather take this beating than to take a, 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 a whipping. Get your life taken. Yeah. yeah. So it was a whole bunch of trauma that was passed yeah. down, whether it was in good intention or not. And that's I mean, you even to kind of extend on what you just brought up. Whether this happened to you or not, I know you've heard of some shit like this in black families where you get into a fight and you get beat up and your parents say, you better go back out there and go whoop that boy ass. So fam, he just beat me up. I couldn't. I tried to whoop his ass. I couldn't. That's that's why I, and that's why I'm in here, mama. Yeah, like I came back home crying and bloody because I didn't win the fight, but you want me to go back out there. How would you trust somebody that can do that to you? Man. And shit, beyond that, I um, it's fun. I just heard this story a couple of days ago. Fuck that! Come help me fight, my fam. <laughs> my, uh, one of my boys, me and him, was kicking it with his mom, and like we just sitting down talking to his mom or whatever, and he's talking about similar shit. This convo we have it now, and he said, "Ma, you remember that time where it was like the neighborhood bully and shit came to their door because he wanted to fight him, 
He came to their door and knocked on the door and said, yo, is such and such here? She was like, yeah, are you a friend of his? He was like, no, I want to whoop his ass. And he said, Ma, you remember when you came upstairs and told me somebody downstairs talking about they're going to whoop your ass. You better go handle that. And it's like, damn, you sending me out there to the motherfucking wolves. But did that's what we hold up. Did he win? He said he went out there. They got into a little scrap. He got a couple licks off, but he lost. He said mm-hmm. this: the neighborhood bully was like the biggest eighth grader in the world, nigga. And he was like, no, nah, he whooped everybody ass. Like That was like a rite of passage in their neighborhood and shit. So, that's one of them things, man, where it's, it's, it's tough because like, what if you knew if your son didn't go out there, it was going to be even harder for him in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. It's it's wild. But again, this is all the shit that we uphold in black communities, dog. These are the traumas that we bond over. And that trauma bond is such a big fucking uh, theme in this episode, too, man. So while they're standing there watching Montrose or young Montrose get beat, Dora... Tick's mom, she came from next door mama? where she lived. And soon as she walked outside, Tick, mama? And I'm like, Tick, sit your ass back. Right. Sit your ass sit down, back. nigga. Sit the fuck back. That man. was just a, that was really a, a key to the audience to recognize. Yeah, that, mom. that was mom, dog. So she came from next door and she got right in between Montrose and them daddy in that switch. And I was like, oh, she protects Montrose from everything. Not just from these beatings, nigga, but she the one, yo, nigga, you can be with me knowing how you were maybe not you that like you said he he removed all the soft stuff from himself so maybe he wasn't claiming to be that way no more but she knew and she came next door she stopped his daddy from beating him and uh they daddy was like hey girl you better get up out of here for you be the next one and her daddy came out like whoa whoa, whoa there what's that sir like her pops came out real he said yeah nigga you can do whatever you want to your boys but mine Cool out. Cool out, nigga. You getting a little hype with your little uh, mustache with the curls on the end of that motherfucker. Like, relax, bro. <laughs> so, uh, darn rooting, tooting rabbit. <laughs> the whole time that Montrose was getting beat, though, George was right there watching his little brother get beat. What are you going to do? And when, when the daddy went back in the house, Dora looked at George and disappointed. Montrose got up and ran off. And Dora looked at George and said, why you just standing there? Well, he, his dad went past like, at least I ain't the only man in the house. Yeah. And he was like, why you? She said, why you just standing there? George was like, what I'm supposed to do, nigga? Like, you, you, he said, what I'm supposed to do, fight my dad? Yeah. And she I, you was know like, I got to live here, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, this is high school prom, right? I mean, prom was, tonight. They was kind of small for high school. They were. I'm like, is this junior prom? It was Booker T high, so, but she like, man, what, what the fuck, dog? Like, why you be, why he be getting way more beatings than you do? That nigga George said, I get, I get licks too. Like, don't trip. And then while they having that convo, her mom came outside, and her mom said, oh, he was putting the corsage on her wrist too in the middle of that because that was his prom day. And her mom came out the door and she said, uh, Dora, y'all prom been canceled. She's like, where you hear that? Saying anime just called. So how did? I don't understand. How did Dora end up with Montrose? I think, again, going back to kind of what he said to Tick when they were in the garage. Um, because I think the three of them just had an understanding that, dog, we all we got. We left. We the only three from our whole families on both both neighbors or both houses who made it out of this massacre. Fam, 
be with whoever, dog. We all this all we got. This one family. It was on some real uh real poly shit. Yeah, I I tell you this. If if I make it out with my girlfriend and one of my homeboys, nigga, it's not all. It's not. It's not anybody who goes. That's not how that's going down with me. Well, here's mine. the thing, man. If if it's me, my girl, and my brother, <laughs> like, and my brother gay, and me and my girl know that. Well, I don't think they knew at that point. I, I think Dora knew. I think they knew something was up, but I don't think it was. I don't think everybody like. You I know think what I'm Dora knew. George maybe not. But I think Dora knew. I feel like their relationship was a lot. We ain't obviously we haven't seen them much, but I feel like their shit was a little detailed. At that particular time, yeah, he probably figured something was up. Well, yeah. yeah, but you know, anyway, yeah. yeah, it's not rolling like that with me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so um, while they're while Tick and Letty are standing here watching, Montrose, old Montrose and young Montrose took off. I thought that was kind of funny that both of them ran off. And they in two different worlds, nigga. Retreat when he—that's what he does. He yeah, he—he he gets the fuck out of there, or he drowns all his trauma in liquor, man. Um, so when they realized current day Montrose took off, they was like, "Shit, well, he might be going to warn Uncle George that he get killed in autumn later." So now we got to split up. That's a giant reach, dog. It's it's big, but Tick was like, "Hey, Letty, you go tell." My mama, you go figure out a way to get in my he mama. They going to the park, and that's over twenty minutes away, and he got a head start. Nigga, he been going for. He ran seconds. for twenty seconds, like, uh, and he old, like, and he kind of get beat. You know, up. TV time moves different, different. So, Tick was like, "Yo, Letty, you figure out a way to go in my uh my mama house. I'm about to go find my daddy." And uh, while Letty was making her way to, well, hold up. Do, 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 do. They split up. Oh yeah, they split up because he couldn't change about nothing about the future. And it and was midnight. Yeah, black five. It went later. from daytime to late as hell. Because I said, didn't Lady just cross the street? Fam, I didn't. I don't get it. Y'all and it I was, was like, the direction minute. she was walking from, she was coming from like the back. And this was a twenty minute trip. It's it's night outside. Yeah, and I'm like, this was twenty minutes for tick plans. Letty <laughs> was just walking across the street. Y'all was right there, but. Letty was making her way to Tick's mom house, and when she was on the corner of the street, she got attacked by a white mob, right? So now we in the thick of the riots. It's starting now. They had even heard some gunshots when they was out there in the daytime. Shout out to Misha Green again. Yeah. And his team for letting the origin of that song come out. Eeny, meeny, money mo, pick a nigger by, by the, the toe. toe. So dog said, eeny, meeny, money mo, catch a nigger by her toe. And he looked up because they had just shot a dude in the street. Yeah. And Letty was trying to walk past it real casually. And then when they said her toe, they pointed the gun at her and she took off. Now, Letty knows she's invulnerable. So ain't shit going to happen to her. Yeah, she caught one, too. She caught one, um, but they ain't do shit. But like if. I don't want to change the the past and shit, but if yeah. I know I'm in, oh, I'm going to do some fucked up shit. I mean, I'm I feel like my hands out like some dope boy shit. You going to keep shooting me? And then then what you going to do? I feel like. Okay. I feel like with a nigga who in, who invincible, give me a gun. I in all this shit right now. And I just feel like, all right, I get it that the people who have to die have to die. Um. But why can't I kill these white people, though? Because they may be responsible for killing. But somebody was going to come through and burn all this shit down anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, their family, the neighborhoods was burned up no matter what happened. So, like, can I kill, like, three of these white dudes real quick? Man, it be chain reaction, though, man. It, that's a fact. That's a fact. Because one like, of them could be the one that tossed that the tossed, Molotov. That set oh, it on fire. Oh, 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 oh we, throwing, we throwing Molotovs now? Yeah. Fuck it. Now, 
Yeah, man. I was just like, damn, I wish Letty could have got at him. But she took off running, and she got down in front of uh, George and Montrose's house, and they dad came out with the with the shotgun. He started busting off and um, firing back. Fucker walk from one side of the street to the other. And, and it, it was, was dark. midnight. <laughs> it was blue black outside. They literally dog. was like, this is 200 feet. Top. Yeah. Then um, Dora dad came outside. And he started busting too. So now it's two on two versus the white people. Now, if I'm in the white mob and two of my niggas just ran after this girl and they getting shot at, like, go down the street. Help your white mob, brothers. They just let them two niggas get busted at till they retreated. But I think when they retreated, that's probably what ultimately gets them killed in this scenario. Because they went back to go get everybody, dog. And they came back deep as hell. So she ran into Dora's house. Um... And the dad is, he like, hey, we I found her out on the street. Like, she was getting shot at Girl, where mom. you come from? The grandma instantly knew something was wrong with her, dog. Hattie wasn't feeling her, man. And uh, because she had on them chucks. I think the lesson was don't come in my house wearing them chucks. Yeah, and then, like, she got a, she got the magic to her. You know yeah, what I'm saying? She, she know about this shit. She know what's going on. And yeah. She like, yo, your vibe's off. Yeah. Your swag's off. Sauce, sauce. <laughs> I knew ex- <laughs> Swags off Sauce Montrose sauce Oh man <laughs> Montrose sauce <laughs> Y'all uh, have no idea what Y'all about. will never know what that means But <laughs> it'll get us cancelled if you find out 100 um, So while Letty's over there Figuring out what's going on in Tick Mama House uh, Tick caught up with Montrose Montrose when he was running Found a bat one thing. What happened? What I what in this scene when they got together, like, yo, girl, uh, you probably got some family y'all can run to. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they go to the drawer and they start passing everybody out. Everybody got a hand. Yep. Like, listen to me, dog. I know what the television says. And I know school shootings and shit like that. Yeah. Fuck all that shit. If you black, go get yourself a legal firearm. Yeah. Shotgun, rifle, pistol. This wasn't that long ago. Yeah. You just got the right to vote. Yep. 40, 50 years ago. Facts. Um, Go vote, by the way. Like, it, it has not been that long. Yeah. So, don't freely and give up your right. Did you, like, I, we live in Michigan. Yep. Niggas tried to kidnap the governor. Yeah. Last week. Fam, the fact that that's not still the top headline is blowing my mind. They talking about they were going to get 200 people and storm the Capitol. Yep. Like they were trying to legit overthrow the state government, bro. In the state and the, in like I frequent these areas. Yeah. How many times we done been to Lansing? He's like, fam, I worked in that building. (laughs) Like my nigga, (laughs) it's not, it's not like a weird fantasy time or like one offs. Don't under any circumstance, give up your right. Yep. To bear arms and protect you, yourself, and your family. Because times aren't that... Man, we just came out of a pandemic. Yeah. Like a global one. Like where there were curfews and people couldn't go out. And no one... We've been we've been living... Some people have been living off $5.97 a day since the last stimulus package. Yeah. Because that was only $1,200. Yeah. Like, I, I enjoyed watching that piece. Showing that all those black people out there who mm-hmm. have property and have family they wanted to protect because the bad guys had them. Facts. And the good guys droves. the good guys need to have them too. Do not give up your protection because someone else is trying to make it look really scary outside. 
keep your protection for your home. Going back to last week's episode and the story of Emmett Till, when they came to get Till out of his uncle's house, four days after the alleged incident with the white woman, his uncle and them ain't pull out no guns. Over my dead body. They just let him in the house and retreated immediately. Over tried to body. tried to negotiate. Hey man, he 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 ain't from here. He don't understand this Jim Crow South shit. He from Chicago, and the white man just said, "Yeah, we don't give a fuck. Find a nigger," and it's just like, dog. Everybody in that house should have shot them the fuck up. And I'm not on no hindsight shit. I understand that again. Black people's traumas back in those days, we were fearful. Not everybody was a Nat Turner. Type mind where it was like fuck it, nigga. I'm a rebel. You're not just gonna tell me if I'm, I'm either I'm gonna die or die. I'm gonna pick die. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, what's the what's my yeah? I'm gonna here? pick the better die, dog. Because if I'm dying regardless, nigga, I'm gonna die fighting, bro. I'm For gonna die family. shooting. I'm gonna die where you not taking my fucking nephew out of here talking about you just want to talk to him and then you go torture him in a fucking farmhouse and Man, throw him in the lake. I that can't. ain't happening, bro. Yeah. And and going to your point about the Tulsa riots, 1921, not being that long ago. Nigga, Emmett Till was 30 years later. And guess what? 30 years after Emmett Till, nigga, me and you was born. Motherfucker. 30 years later is right now. That's one parent. My nigga. 30 years from Tulsa was Emmett Till. 30 years from Emmett was me and you being born. 30 years from us being born is us sitting here in the studio. Don't think this shit is old. Don't think it can't happen, nigga. You a generation away. From everything we discussing, dog. And this is what I loved about this episode of Lovecraft and last week's episode about Lovecraft is when the horrors that they talking about and that they referencing are based on real life shit. Yeah. It's cool and it's fun and it's entertaining when it's based on the fantasy shit and on the fucking mystical shit or mythical shit. Um and mystical. Um here I go, help the bear. <laughs> <laughs> Nigga, it's cool when it's based on all that, dog. The mythological shit and all that is fun and it's great. But when the horrors are based on the shit that actually happened to us, goddammit, it's the most impactful shit on television, dog. Yeah. That's what I thought made Watchmen so fucking great. Yeah. Was nigga, yeah. I nigga, I wrote papers on Watchmen, the book. So when people say we need like representation in yeah. rooms and boards and yeah. on television, this is what we mean. Yeah. I don't necessarily I'm not like I don't necessarily need an all black another all black reality show. Mm -mm. No, this is the type of thing I mean. Like when you want a representation, yeah. represent me via stories, yep. via directors and actors and stuff like with this kind of content, not just basketball. Yeah, this is like edutainment, and and that's this is also that again we talk about it a lot on this pod, but this is that non-slave shit that y'all keep saying y'all want to hear. But it also doesn't leave without acknowledging the traumas that we've been through. Like, yeah. yeah, this ain't a slave show. This ain't a Jim Crow show necessarily, but it's so it so is, right? Like, and it doesn't shy away from what we've been through just because yeah. folks think, oh, well, that ain't entertaining and I'm tired of them stories. Like, no, this is telling a completely different story, but from a black point of view. And what I love about it, Matt Ruff in the Lovecraft Country book already gave us a different version of what H.P. Lovecraft was saying in all his stories. Then Misha Green came through and is giving you a different version of the book, which was a different version of the shit that was already out. This shit is crazy. Inception. And that's what representation looks yeah. like. But I did want to mention that, that yeah. I, I enjoyed the, I love and respected the black gun ownership and represent yeah. 
don't disrespect your ancestors by giving up their guns, yep. giving up your guns because they fought for theirs. Yeah. And unfortunately, we still they still lost the fight. Yeah. So get more artillery than they had. Yeah, man. Period. I got a I got one of my grandma guns. We was cleaning out her house and shit before she passed. Like we moved her into the uh, nursing home. We was cleaning out, found a bunch of guns. I grabbed one and shit. But I don't I don't think that motherfucker fired though. Uh, take the gunsmith. We can get like I'm up. certain a flag will come up out that bitch when you bust <laughs> in. <laughs> Pow. Looney Tunes. <laughs> Bang. Dog. What was Yosemite saying? I was about to call that nigga Uncle Sam. <laughs> Might as well be. But I wasn't even thinking about taxes. I was thinking about the singer. <laughs> I don't want to see you. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, All right man. Good. So, um. Montrose, when he was running away, going to that park that they mentioned, uh, this is the same park that they mentioned twice now that him and Uncle George and Dora were rescued by Jackie Robinson at, um, or by the strange figure that this is Tick Trimped was Jackie Robinson. This is what episode turns up. Oh, man. So on his way to the park, Montrose saw some liquor in a vehicle, saw a bat on the ground, because it's always a bat on the ground. Picked the bat up, smashed the window, grabbed the bottle, took a sip. Also looked like the exact location where Uncle George got shot at. Facts. Fact. That uh, bridge or whatever with the bricks and all. Yep. Facts. Um, so then Tick caught up with Montrose before he got to the park. And he went up to him and he told him immediately, you cannot tell Uncle George what happens in the future. And Montrose was like, mm, nigga, I'm not. Nigga, I wasn't here to tell George shit. And he looked over at the park at young Montrose. What you here for? Meeting up with young Thomas. We didn't know who Thomas was before now. Um, but Thomas was Montrose's first love. It's the first person who really knew who Montrose was. And um, when he saw him, he was there to tell him, can't fuck with you no more, dog, because you a faggot and I'm not. And <clears throat> he told him, if I could just warn Thomas... He won't get killed tonight. That's what uh, current day Montrose said. If I could just warn him, he won't get killed. Dog. He was like, I got to save him because, nigga, he gets shot in the head in real life. And Tick told him, no, nah, you can't do that because if you don't end up with my mama, then y'all won't have me. And if I don't exist, my son won't exist. And you got to think about what you're risking. And that nigga Montrose said, quote, I have. But Thomas don't mean much. He's just the first in a long list of sacrifices I made to be your father. <sighs> Nigga. So this is this is this is um this is high level acting on both parts. Man, him and Tick giving me <laughs> and the and the tick. I don't know if I, I, I sometimes I can relate to to his facial expressions. Yeah. Because like I've been there where um like I wanted to say things and I just couldn't say them. Yeah. And you be, and you 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 start you, you you stop and you restart and you restart and restart and you never actually said anything. Yeah. Um. And then he, you know, Montrose went on. Montrose told him. Uh, he's narrating the conversation that young yeah. Montrose and young Thomas are having, and he said, "I told him we can't be friends no more, because he's a faggot and I'm not." I lied to him and myself for years. I cut out all the soft parts of myself just to be a man because men have sons 
and he how he adjusted his body language and yeah, he straightened up, put nigga. them shoulders back, shoulders back, straighten up because men have sons. And he said, I swallowed my pride when we found out your mama was pregnant and you could be George's, but you were my son. You had to be the way y'all go back and listen to the way he said you had to be. Nigga, I was shook because I want to be a man. He said, I did it all and I would do it again because the only thing I ever wanted to be was your father. Man. So it can't change. Me telling Thomas to keep him safe right now can't change shit that happened after because I was still going to be your dad. So Nigga! Let's, let's go through that because that's super duper layer. Bro. So I was like, it was so tough Yeah, that I don't want to... I'm not gay no more. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be that. I can't be. I'm a, I'm a front. I'm going to hide all that and put yep. everything in. I put I'll it all straight. aside. And to be a man, I need to go find me a woman. And this the woman I trust. Yep. This is who I'm going to be with. Yep. And we're going to have a daughter. I mean, we no, going to we, have a we, son. Because yep. men have sons. Men have sons. That statement right there. I look. He probably looked at his father, and his father was a man. Ultimate man. You had two sons? So, nigga, what do men do? Well, men, when the child doesn't do something right, yep. well, you beat him. Because yep. my dad is a man, yeah. and that's what he did to me. I think this was, Tick has had those moments where he and Montrose were arguing, and Montrose told him a little bit about his background, or he learned something about Montrose, and he kind of makes that face like he empathizes with him. I think this might have been the first moment where it was like, oh, no, I, I, I empathize deeply, dog. Like one of those moments where it was empathy, but almost disgust at the yep. same time yep. is when Montrose is getting whooped by his dad yep. and Letty was like, nobody deserves nobody that. Nobody deserves that. And then he looked back at him like, nigga, you did it to me. Because you didn't deserve it, but neither did I, dog. Neither did I. But this moment right here was so fucking deep because he literally is telling his son, fam, as much as you might have thought I hated you, as much as you thought I might have fucking despised you and beat on you without reason, dog, I wanted you, I needed you to be my son, bro. You couldn't be anything else but my son. You were going to exist no matter what because without your existence, I wouldn't have survived. And to top it off, since you may not even be my kid, really don't fucking matter. Man. It really don't matter Man, if if because guess what, more than likely you was still gonna be born, and yeah, that's just where it's at, dog. So while they're doing that, Letty is going through all the bedrooms at Dora's family house. She's trying to find the book of names, but she doesn't know where to look. So she going all the places they thought. Like Tick kind of told her, "Yeah, you might want to try this room, that room, that room." And she's up in these rooms going through drawers, but she doesn't know what the hell is going on. Something that happened before this scene with Letty, though. Um, it was a scene where Letty was in the kitchen talking to Dora's little sister. And her little sister comes in there and she says, Something like, uh, man, where is where is Dora? And Letty, like, I don't know. Um, they out there trying to find her now. Uh, and she goes... And I hope she ain't leave because of me and because she know I, I'm, I'm basically I got a crush on George. I hope she ain't leave because of that because she mad at me. Like, I don't want to do that. And Letty was like, no, nah, that ain't that ain't where she went. Like, she ain't mad at you, I promise. And then the little sister goes, we going to be all right? 
Like so, this all gonna be okay, ain't it? So this part was kind of tough for me, man. Extremely, dog. And I'm assuming for Letty too, because Letty more great face acting in this scene, by the way. Letty got to kind of usher them to their deaths, mm-hmm. and because I'm here, y'all might not. Like you supposed to be downstairs, but you up here with me. You're not supposed to get this this peaceful wisdom or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever. So like. I got to keep pushing y'all mm-hmm. away from me. I don't even know if I should have told y'all because she she looked like she was kind of conflicted whether she wanted to tell them there was a bus, of, I mean, a, a, a car full of them down the street. Yeah. Because maybe they supposed to surprise y'all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not supposed, I don't want to tell y'all all this information, yeah. but it also feels like I'm ushering somebody to their death. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't, I don't. So it's like. Not just a regular somebody, though. The family of my that's Child's what I was father's. Gonna, that's what I was gonna say. Like mom. so, so, so if you, yo, your girl's family, right? Yeah. Um, who I love, like, by the way. Like, and her extended family that you may not even know yet, right? Yeah. Like, yep. great aunts in different countries, I mean, countries of different states, or whatever. Yeah. When you get there and you meet them on some sort of family vacation or whatever the fuck it is, family reunion, like you don't know them, but you already love them by default. Yep. And it's like, oh, these are the people who had a hand in creating the person that I love. Facts. Like these are, this is their family tree. So I was like, I love these people. And I know what these people mean to the person Her. I love existence. Yep. So it's kind of hard ushering them today, 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 death, man. It's, um, it's that scene from baby boy. My nigga peanut was talking. That nigga said, uh, when he was talking to his girl, and her mama, he said, I probably love your mama more because without her, it wouldn't be no you. And Letty's in that room and she talking to Dora little sister and she like, bro, I'm conflicted. You can see it all over her face. I'm conflicted because I'm, I have to tell you, yes, it's going to be okay. Yeah. I can't tell you you're not going to make it through this. I can't give you that, especially you being young and fucking vibrant and you come from this affluent family who's doing great things like i cannot kill your dreams in this moment i have to let you die what you think a world would have looked like if tulsa would have survived so that's what when i was talking um jb stratford and and just researching more about his family and what caesar stratford told his family to do his whole thing it's kind of funny like how we we love nipsey right uh now that you mentioned that what's up i think like they family ended up doing something oh that's what i'm about to get into dog they're fucking great every one of his descendants is great dog have we talked about this before no i forget where this conversation no. was but i totally forgot and they traced it back to like one to this family yeah and they was like yo this family has roots in tulsa i forget them the stratford family is for not like damn near every one of his children and their children became attorneys all of them went on to be like entrepreneurs start their own practices do this do that um one of them was like one of the first people to go he was the first black man to go to uh, University of Chicago Law School. Like, I think I know what it is. Yeah. Uh, on the Connected Experience podcast, mm. they do a book of the week, um, a book of the episode. And one of the books was like, must have been written by one somebody in a family. And they went into details about this. About Anyway, I'm going to find out what book that was. But I'm like, why does this sound so familiar? And, and it just brought back so many 
anyway, go ahead. There's another, um, I'm trying to find the name of it because I don't want to say the wrong name. <sighs> but it's a book on Tulsa. I'm going to look it up in a minute. But they talk a lot more in detail about the Stratford family. Because, again, a lot of people, um, they credit uh, O.W. Gully with Black Wall Street. But he came in 1906. J.B. Stratford was there in 1899. So he had been there for years doing his own thing, but it wasn't until Gully got there that he had somebody to partner with and really developed his community. I was down here. I had my hotel. I had my couple little businesses or whatever. But when somebody else came down here with the same resources that I had, now we can pull together. Right now I'm pulling myself and I can only do so much. And then the Williams family came down there. John Williams and uh, Lola. Um, think it was lula williams yeah they they came down there with money and it was like all right that's when we start doing this community stuff that we always talk about nowadays dog so to answer your question what do i think shit would look like if tulsa wasn't destroyed i think we'd be less behind than we are if they would have survived y'all would have came through mm. tried to fight and we fought y'all back yeah because in my brain i see clearly the striving economy yeah but i also see a black military well so you know what's a, a, a black militia so yeah. but whatever because like yo this can't happen again so you know what's um funny thinking about it from those two different angles right if thinking if it wasn't destroyed versus thinking if they would have survived and basically had an opportunity to redo it yeah so jb stratford did try to redo it he left so they actually tried to arrest him for inciting the whole riot yeah of course the whole fucking thing they tried to put on him and he was arrested and tried but his son before he got arrested he gave his son five hundred dollars which was his bond and he said look hand him 500 cash he said look as soon as i get booked come bond me out and we getting the fuck out of here so his son bonded him as soon as he got booked put him on a train to chicago where his brother lived and i think his daughter lived up there too and he went to chicago and basically tried to do the same thing in chicago but it didn't work businesses failed shit didn't pick up he ain't know nobody in the town hadn't had no no footing there and his shit didn't pick up a lot of people weren't buying into what he was saying about starting some shit because niggas were afraid of what had just happened down in tulsa i don't want to start no shit with you and then they come up here and ruin our shit and now we all get killed because even the numbers of so we got the mob up here fam literally the real one and even like when you look at like the number of deaths in Tulsa, right? They reported 30 and everybody who was down there said, nigga, this was over 300. And that was just the black people. We ain't even talking about the white people we killed. So like, have you ever looked into, um, it's a whole bunch of stories out there about uh, people going through Tulsa, Oklahoma and like the areas surrounding Tulsa, Oklahoma, looking for the mass graves of people who got killed in the riots. Mm -mm. Yeah, man, it, it'll, it'll take you down a full rabbit hole, bro. Like for real. Oh man, shit is deep. So back to Letty. Letty, um, she goes upstairs, she looked through all the drawers, she's trying to find something, and Hattie, uh, Tick's grandmother, she comes in the room, she finds Letty, and she pulled the strap on her. Had to pull it out. She grabbed a blicky, pointed it at her. She said, Look, you gonna tell me where you really came from? I ain't never you, seen no shoes like that. I ain't that. never seen no Converse. These motherfuckers is lacing up by themselves. Michael the fuck J. is Fox. Chuck Taylor, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> she like, look, you gonna tell me where you came from or I'm gonna shoot you between your motherfucking eyes, dog. What's good? And she was like, nigga, you could shoot me all day. I yeah, I'm not gonna die, <laughs> so it's <laughs> popping, nigga. Like, my matter of fact, this is probably, if she would have did that, 
then the A-Rod would have came upstairs. Yeah. I'm like, fuck you. Because heard that gunshot. Shoot yeah. me so you can tell, so I can tell you, I can prove I'm telling the truth. <laughs> the little girl in rush hour saying, nigga, press the fucking button. <laughs> 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 oh, man. So, um, Letty kept it a buck with her, though, man. She said, yo, I'm from the future. And your daughter's son is my child's father, my unborn child's father. And I'm here to get the book of names. She wasn't hiding shit. She just came straight out and said it. And Hattie was like, nigga, nah, still ain't really buying all this shit you talking. And Letty was like, all right, your daughter got a birthmark and it looks something like this. And she pulled out the symbol or the drawing of the symbol of the same birthmark that Dora has and that Tick has. Yep. And she said it looked just like this. And then Hattie put the gun down and she said, all right, let me grab this book for you. Whole time the shit was behind the painting. Well, she was like, oh, shit. If you came from the future, oh, that mean we don't make it. We all die, huh? Yep. And then she like, well, well, I'm about to get the fuck. We about to get the fuck out of here. Let me get yeah. the family. He like, no, y'all got y'all to. I can't because can't do it. You're this and this and that and this and yeah. she, um, you know, finally, you know, get the book. And this scene was so 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 tough, man. Yeah. Because. Like I was like, dog, should I be what? <laughs> Like when the fire starts, uh-huh. she got the book, and um, she like let's pray together. Yeah. After she told her, "Hey, I'm I'm, yep. I'm I'm spelled in magic." She told her the book was bound. Yeah, and spelled. Yep. Well, she said the book is yeah, bound. The book is. I've never opened it. What these are the words to say? And she said, "I was told yeah. not to open it." So that was key. And then she gave her the book and said, here got a word. This how you the spells, this how you say it. Now get the fuck out of here. She's yeah. Like, oh, I'm spelling the magnet. I'm I'm good. Yeah. She's like, well, well, let's pray. Let's together. pray together. And they said, uh, the Lord's Prayer. They start saying the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. And then the music goes down. And like whomever is selecting the poems and the yeah. music to go. Like Jesus Christ, man! So, a white lady is the composer for the show, and she said, reading these scenes. She hadn't seen the episode yet, but she said, reading these scenes and thinking about how she wanted to score them um, specifically at the end. She said that poem uh, by Sonia Sanchez uh, called "God Damn It." Hold up. Because I literally just wrote this down. Sonia Sanchez Fire. It's called Catch the Fire is yeah. the name of that poem. Um, and While she burning. Said, yeah. She said that, that came to her head. And then she said she wanted to make this scene an opera. Yes. And in that, she was like, I immediately thought of phenomenal black legend Leontine Price. This is a white woman, but she's Juilliard trained. Um, so operatically, like her mind goes to legends. So she was like, I immediately thought of Leontine Price. And then um, from there, I heard a song by another woman. Her name's Janae Brueger. And Janae Brueger is a black opera singer from Chicago. And she said, I thought of a song I heard her sing by Leontine Price before. And immediately was like, this is who we need to get to do this song. So I wrote it in the Facebook group. The composer, the white lady from Juilliard, along with Raphael Sadiq, who has been a co-music producer and composer on this show, um, 
they got 30 different people together to put together a quarantine opera and everybody individually recorded their parts in their homes in a closet 30 different people shout out to the engineer and um, they put it all together dog. because that's 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 pretty difficult to do yeah um if all of those that's pretty difficult to do yeah so there's a difference between if me and you sing a song same octave the whole nine yards and then singly yeah and then we match those together and, and, and like layer it up it sounds a certain way yep. if me and you are in the same room singing a song at the same time it sounds different 100 percent. like the voices the, the the vibrations in the room they mesh and like it sounds different it's i mean very difficult to do i would have no idea that they did this individually present day uh example of exactly what you're saying the initial versus battles that had all them sound equipment issues and all them problems um, for a couple of different reasons. Some were related to the Instagram app specifically, but some in general were just related to the fact you had one person over here and one person over there and they were playing music from different fucking devices. They were using different technologies and it sounded different compared to the more recent verses where they have everybody in the same room. Yeah, man. It sounds different. Being in a recording studio yeah. and, and, and having two people singing next to each other. Yep. When, they're, when they're literally, when there's voices coming out and those sound waves hit yeah. each other and mesh, it's like the difference in between listening to a, um, an album on vinyl, yep. on cassette, um, MP3, and CD. Even though they sound the same, yeah. they sound completely it's different so many subtle differences in there shout out like to so my many. uh vinyl lovers out there nigga you sitting with one dog you feel me i i got a collection that's coming for niggas heads um but no this score was perfect dog and salute to everyone involved who was decided scary, on this poem watching her burn to like that was it's spooky <sighs> i couldn't turn away because of the, the music got me wrapped in right yeah and then they keep flashing to um hippolyta right yeah trying to keep the portal open so they were flashing to a few things it was hippolyta and then it was montrose back at the park yeah and then it was letty in there with hattie so it's a few things happening in this moment um over on the montrose and tick at the park scene Montrose still wants to tell Tom, just warn him before he gets shot in the head. Even after all the shit him and, and Tick, Tick have talked about. And Tick, after all, because Montrose was convincing as hell after a certain point. And so Tick was like, fuck it, man, go over there. And nothing changed. Thomas still gets shot in the head when the mob comes up on them. Because, like, he had a, he essentially, he had to garner up the strength to do it. Yeah. And he kind of like, his body was kind of going yeah. towards it and whatever. And then, but by then, it was too late. It was too Ma late. pulled up and they shot Thomas dead in the head next to young Montrose. And I thought that scene, it was very subtle, but one, the cat who played young uh, Montrose looked exactly like Michael K. Williams. Fast. That was phenomenal casting. Especially with the hat. Man. But then, two, um, when they shot Thomas, they show it from two different angles. They show it from far away and then they show it from close up. And on that close up, young Montrose jumped and you see all the, the blood and the brain matter and everything hit him because they were so close to each They were, he said, we held hands. Hold up. <laughs> Hold up. Wait a minute. Hold up. Wait. Oh my goodness. Oh. That ain't, that ain't bad, nigga. Here. 
<laughs> y'all wish y'all knew the vibes. Um, but no, uh, Montrose said that him and Thomas held hands because they were so scared when the mob pulled up. And he said, we had never even looked at each other like that in public, let alone touched. So this time holding hands, like, that's when my comment about, like, fear bringing out the truth, when you know that it's an immediate fear could bring out a lie, but, like, yeah. an internal or, I'm sorry, eternal fear can bring out the truth, dog. And in that moment, they grabbed each other's hands, and for the first time ever publicly, Touched. They was holding hands and they was touching and the mob walked up and he said, that's when I heard this white man scream, nigger faggot. And I was like, that's what we've been hearing all episode. That was like the third time we had heard the shit. And then they immediately shot Thomas in the head. Blood um, splattered everywhere. On yeah, it was. And- that was just filmed well. And the young Montrose, like the way he jumped, he looked so scared, dog. It was really great scene, really subtle. Um, And then. Out of nowhere, before anything happens to Montrose, Dora and George run up, and he was like, they were my savior, dog. They walked up. Luckily, the the mob only had one gun. Yeah, so they was whooping ass, but they were still outnumbered. Yeah. So he was like, and that's when a mysterious stranger came up with the bat. The story me and your Uncle George have told you a million times, but he said, what I didn't tell you was the part about Thomas. And he was like, something's wrong. Yeah, we, we must we must have missed something up. We must have messed something up because the stranger wasn't coming up. But then took a step, took a step back and looked down and saw that bat on the ground and realized I am the stranger. Oh, nigga. I, love, I am Hippolyta. Oh, I love this shit too. Oh, I love this shit because once you go back in time, you Man, create an eternal you get loop to whoop some ass, boy. No, you you create an eternal loop. Yeah, what. Montrose remembers uh-huh. was his own son coming back. Yeah. And that's always going to happen. Yeah. So when Montrose, that version of Montrose, gets older, yep. has a son, he gets has to that, that that it's going to be on, yep. on some on some loop shit, on some Inception shit. And for Tick, nigga, episode one, scene one, is you dreaming that this was Jackie Robinson coming to save you with the bat and being heroic the whole time. You was the hero. Yeah. The whole time, you were saving yourself. Facts. And um, going back, because I wanted to watch that scene with Jackie Robinson again just to make sure I ain't miss nothing, but um, in the beginning, the very first word said on the show right before all of that happens, the narrator comes on and says, this is a story of a boy and his dream. But more than that, it's a story of an American boy and a dream that is truly American. And when I listened to that, I said, what is truly American? Oh, shit. Racism. Horrors for black people. This entire show up through episode nine is a dream that's truly American, dog. Racism in America is as much of a part of a fabric in the cloth of this country as anything else, dog. A dream that's American and the quote unquote American dream is the American dream that we act like we sleep when racism come up. Man, man. Like, is that our dream? I know we think that the American dream as far as yo, white picket fence and all that, yeah. But what is America's actual dream? Because yeah. we sleep as fuck, yeah. And we keep trying to tell people to be woke. But nigga, look at what was happening when you woke up, dog. It was damn near better to dream, nigga. So he come through, yo. That first bat to the face. Oh, Tick was busting heads, dog. Woo. Tick in general is one of the angriest motherfuckers in American history. So this nigga was ready, dog. Have we seen a black man? 
beat a white woman with a baseball bat on TV before? I don't think so. Like, I not in my knowledge, dog. Now, that last was, week we seen two white dudes beat up a black, I mean, a, a white, white woman, woman we, yeah, which was disturbing enough. But to see a black man come up and hit a woman, a white woman, dead in her shit, in a stomach with a baseball dead in her bat, shit, nigga, bow, nigga, he hit her with that bing. I was like, yo, salute to Misha Green and everybody involved because it takes a lot of bravery to put some of this shit together, dog. Like, this is, yeah, they they went there, man, and Tick got his shit off. And while he's doing that, that's when they start to juxtapose all these different scenes. Um, We get Letty over at the house talking to Hattie. They've said the Lord's Prayer. This poem is going off beautifully and hauntingly and then so accurately too dog it was just uh well placed every time they place one of these po- from whitey's on the moon with gil scott heron and then the poem that was at the end of the i am episode with hippolyta now this one it was just like whoa my god like it's it's really genius level shit honestly um so she's standing in there with with hattie and then we see a molotov cocktail come through the window and hit the floor upstairs and now this room is catching fire and letty's just standing there holding hattie's hand they just finished saying the prayer and then that fire creeps up hattie's back and she's just standing there starting to burn knowing damn this time i actually could have avoided this but i still had to take it when my great great grandson is born he's gonna be my faith turn to flesh yep that's a bar dog that is a bar because I had to give it's a, there's a lot of faith on my end. Yep. For me not to save myself yep. and save my family, but give you this book in hopes that it fixes whatever's going on in the future. Yep. I she also set her attentions over the book prior to handing it over. My God. I'm giving this for, for good, not for harm and all that stuff before she gave over the book. My God. And that's a lot of faith. And my like God. I hope that my faith when he's born that faith is going to turn into flesh. Yeah. Come on. So, oh, and uh, after um, after Tick beats up everybody. Oh. So there's one scene um, where, well, no, I think Tick comes first. Yeah, yeah, after Tick beat up everybody, he looked at young Montrose and he said, I got you, kid. Oh, yeah. So they was like, yo, you the, you and that's it was an interesting thing where Montrose finally looked up and realized that your son, yeah, you are actually yeah. the man. Because right? Jackie Robinson said it to Tick in his dream. The mysterious hero had said that to Montrose and George and Dora. But in that moment, when, before Tick went and beat them with the bat, he was like, yeah, the mysterious stranger comes up and he says, and they said at the same time, I got you, kid. But it Montrose like looked Montrose at like, ain't never told him that part. Well, that's how he knew. And that's why he looked at him like that when he said it with him. Like, but how does Tick know to say that? I mean, he dreamed that because he dreamt it. That's why because he been there before. You know, it's a, it's it's a loop. He been there before. Dog. Maybe we talking about deja vu because somebody went back in time and we on the turn of loop. Here's the wildest <laughs> part, dog. Tick think he went to the future. What if you went? In the- Tick could have went to the past. You could have just went to a different multiverse. He don't know where he really went, dog. Like, it's what what did uh, Hippolyta say? It's infinite possibilities, bro. And um, so when Tick told Young Montrose, "I got you, kid," that's when 
when it when it's going back and forth to all three. Yeah. And the, the opera song is going on. Yeah. And it switched to Hippolyta when 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 Hippolyta yeah. is doing her thing and the song is like hit at one of those notes. Yeah. And it seemed like Hippolyta is actually singing, singing the notes. Yep. Man. When them eyes roll back, whoo. So Montrose and Tick run back to the portal. They go back to the Stratford Hotel because we have to get out of here before the Stratford Hotel is burned down because if we don't get back, nigga, we stuck here in Tulsa and we probably die over here. Um, so they got to get back. They get back to the portal, but Letty isn't there. Letty's doing the absolute slowest walk in the history of walks down the street. And I get it. You invulnerable. Ain't nothing going to happen to you. But I swear I wanted her to jog, dog. I and said, she, you got these chucks on. And she like in this emotional state. Yeah, she just watched a family die that she knew she could have saved, but she would have altered everything else in the history of her life, dog. Or, you know what she could have did? Mm. And this had been the exact same outfit, out, the outcome. Yeah. It took all them niggas to the portal. Mm. Everybody comes back And they not in that timeline no more They don't nothing ha Every They existence in that timeline Stops on that day And they just all in the future And they start over from day one Cause they gotta start over day one What you mean? If they come through the portal And they current day now Whoever they were then They ain't that no more They ain't in Tulsa no more Like it's literally they like They will remember where they was at They'll just be in the future. But yeah. they, they're not impacting that timeline no more because so on that day they cease to exist. They don't they didn't go to school no more, blah, blah, blah. If you take them out of there and bring them to the future, it's essentially the same thing. I wonder and you though, keep you keep your family. Would it have fucked well see, here's the thing though. If we keep all of them or you not all of them rather, because Dora still them, gotta die. Yeah, but like grandma. Yeah, and all them. Yeah, you can pull them up and drop them in the yeah. future. But I wonder if them coming to the future would have impacted Dora and George, and George later ending up with Hippolyta. Like no, because them three, you left them. They was yeah. Out. They went out and did their own thing. They, they came up to Chicago. Right. They wasn't in the house. Right. Mm. So if you'd have took everybody who died in the house. Put them in a the portal. Yeah. When George and them came back, they'd have been like, "Damn, they everybody died in the they everybody died in the fire." Random, just saying that. I wonder if the reason that Montrose, George, and Dora went to Chicago, I wonder if that was a nod to JB Stratford leaving, mm. getting bailed out of jail, and then catching the train to Chicago. <laughs> Man, it's bars, dog. And y'all not getting this content nowhere else, nigga. I listen to the Lovecraft podcast, and it's actually not bad. I don't. I don't want to be influenced at all. And they can't influence the influencers, dog. But, um, it's not bad, but when I listen, I've listened to two, maybe three episodes, and every time I listen, I say, "This is just more confirmation that me and you, we do what we doing for a reason, dog." Because yeah. they ain't saying nothing on there that's not being said on here. I'm pretty plus sure a billion lie. times better though. Like yeah. it's more entertaining, it's more informing or informative, and not hate on them at all. We just do this shit better. But anyway, um, so. Montrose and Tick get back to the portal And Montrose notices something's wrong with the portal He say yo uh, Something's up man like what the fuck is going on So Tick jumped through immediately He ain't say shit he jumped through I'm out this bitch <laughs> And it was like nigga you do whatever you do But I'm getting back to the fucking crib And he jumps over to the portal And he sees Hippolyta struggling And she says I can't keep it open that much longer But Letty ain't there yet 
And so Tick like, come on, Aunt Hippolyta, please, please do it for D. Do it for D. So then she just start conjuring up some different type of powers. And that opera song playing and fucking Letty walking through the damn whole area that's bombing behind her dog they, they literally dropped a bomb on she's walking through the district as it's being bombed as it's being set ablaze and you're getting that visual was beautiful by the way can you can you can, it was beautiful can you imagine dog. all the stuff all the things that we've known about the past and all these <laughs> tragedies right um we never experienced yeah. some of our families did or whatever can you picture being dropped in during the riots in 67 and being inv- and being invincible Just, and walking through and seeing all that carnage and knowing you can't change nothing of it, dog, that got to be a that'll tear you up. And that's where, again, to your point about Letty slow walking back to the Stratford, that's where this heavy weight of emotion comes from. Is fam, look at everything that's happening around me, and not only can I not change it, I can't even be hurt by it. Like, damn, nigga, this shit physically can't touch me, but it's tearing me up inside, dog. That's a motherfucking man. So she making her way back to the Stratford. Aunt Hippolyta is now afloat, nigga. She is officially suspended in the air by electrodes while she's holding on to these damn wires. She doing her best to keep this portal open. Nigga, her eyes rolled back and her hair turned blue and she turned into the superhero from D's comic. Which is wild. Nigga. I thought she, at first, before it turned blue, I thought she was getting older. I'm like, is she catching up with those Got 200 you. years? Ooh. And then I was like, oh, it's not great. That's blue. Yeah. No, she literally fucking changed into D's comic hero. And I said, whoa. And then if you peeped in the uh, preview for next week, she's still blue in the hair. So Hippolyta might have unlocked some damn powers. Like, it's so much. It's uh, Yeah. It's so it's, much they can go for season two, three yeah. with all this shit, man. So um, Letty finally gets back to the Stratford. She pulls up. She sees Montrose. They take a very slow and very fucking calculated step into the portal. And then Hippolyta drops down, nigga. She didn't gave it anything. She had everybody's back. And they got the book of names. And then the episode ends. Man, honestly, dog, that's one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. I didn't want the episode to be That was literally one of the best things you remember how we felt about the one episode of Watchmen um that was Epi- the, with yeah the, with uh that penultimate episode with uh Dr. Manhattan yeah the Dr. Manhattan yeah. episode um this was that for me where it was just like I was so mind blown by the end of it dog I didn't know what I had just watched shit was like a different level of brilliance man this was excellently it, they wrote this excellent it was beautiful man it was written excellently it was scored excellently and it was like a master class in direction in set design in acting salute to michael k williams salute to uh jonathan what's the dog name peg leg taylor's last stand on stampede hill mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. um Steel Briars, Taylor Shop, Byrne, yep. Jackson, best Negro surgeon in America. Oh, man. Shot in the face. Um, These were all real people that Montrose was naming, by the way. Yeah, Misha Green, she posted that last uh, production draft on, on air. Yeah. Um, on, the, on our page. Yeah. And this was tough, man. Yeah. Because, like, he's, he's watching history. He's watching it burn outside a window. And stuff that you saw. He's rewatching it. So that's another thing, too, to be because, you know, us talking about could you go back in time and, and rewatch a day in your life again, dog? Like, 
Montrose ain't just rewatching a day that he lived and seeing himself live it over again. He's rewatching the most traumatic, the most tragic day in American history, bro. And he's watching it um, from a different from a different perspective, yeah, physically and mentally, yeah, and emotionally, yeah. Because now I understand what what kind of what kind of devil I'm dealing with, and I'm able to see the impact of what all these things happened and if you think about it the last time he was there young montrose the last time he was there he locked up everything inside him he locked up every feeling every emotion everything who was him this time being there in current day montrose it unlocked everything dog like i'm i'm big on detroit and detroit history Facts. and i've been watching um different documentaries about the city of detroit yeah um, about the stress unit um, the 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 police unit that they had um, that went around killing black people essentially yeah um, but in watching that documentary that I purchased and going through the different cities uh, I'm sorry not the city but going through the city and looking at different streets and different buildings and stuff that used to be there mm. that that are, aren't there after the riots um, it's like yo. All these different places used to be in the city I come from. My, I mean, my, my, my family's home yeah. grew up um, right off of Linwood. That's where the, the tanks was riding down the street. You know what I'm saying? Like, that whole area is a different area now. But seeing pictures and video of what it used to look like. Yeah. Man, that's something different, man. That's Dog. something different. But let's, it, um, and think about that for your whole entire city, though. Yeah. Let's uh, we got a couple voice notes, yeah, on Lovecraft. Um, sent to the email, hit us up at thisweekinculturepod at gmail.com. Uh, let's check out the first one from the homie Macho. He sent us earlier today. Peace, family. It's your man's Macho sending y'all love and light from the west coast. Man, yo, I just want to send y'all a quick shout out, man, because y'all really do be going in on this Lovecraft country, man. It's Lovecraft culture in these streets, B. Like, the research y'all do and the stuff y'all present to the masses, it just proves y'all don't watch the show casually or haphazardly. Like, y'all really be going in, man. So, y'all really do add insight and enhance the viewing experience for, you know, the viewers like myself. And I appreciate y'all for that, man. No doubt. 17 for being Lake Show Ho. <coughs> My nigga, don't worry, macho. I'm going to act ignorant on the afterthoughts. It's coming, baby. And I uh, appreciate that, too, man. Um, uh, Shout out to them text messages. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. We shared. got some love yesterday, man. So, ironically, this happened, shit, probably, I would say within the same half hour, I got uh, two very, very similar, but very dope text messages. Um, One of them said, yo... I just met someone and they were talking about Lovecraft Country and they were like, it's this awesome podcast called This Week in Culture. And I was like, yo, that's my best friend. <laughs> and I got another one that said, oh, and he was like, bro, they was like, yo, them, them niggas is some cool ass niggas, dog. And I was like, I know that's literally my brother, dog. <laughs> like, and then we got another one that said, um, sidebar was just talking to a nigga from D.C. about Lovecraft, and he told me he listened to a podcast that described Lovecraft country. 
Whole time he talking about this weekend culture. Man, that's love. Man. And then my nigga said, I just sat there for 15 minutes and let him rock like I ain't know what the fuck he was talking <laughs> about, dog. So salute, man. It's scary times out here, dog. Y'all know the vibes, man. We um we don't we we out here humbly arrogant, man. We uh we really appreciate everybody who listens who we don't know. Everybody who puts other people on the podcast, I think that Lovecraft has introduced us to a new audience. Yeah. Um. Uh. And and a different type of audience. So we got different listeners. We got ones who watch the show as thoroughly and as uh, meticulously as you and I do. But then we also have people who listen to the pod because they like, yo, we need a real life palatable breakdown of some of this wild shit from that's black happening. people from black people because. The two women who do the podcast at HBO sponsors, I think they're black. I haven't looked them up. I believe they're both black, but I don't know that they're giving the most relatable translation. I'm gonna listen going on after this after this season is over. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and listen. But I don't. I didn't. Again, for me, because I get you. Like, I don't like when people text me right before we're about to pod with they like thoughts and opinions. I'm like, fam, go right on the group. And go talk in there, nigga. Um, cause I don't want you to mess been, my head up. I've been stopped. I, I I go after we record. I go yeah. look at the group. Yeah, and I get my likes off yeah. and comment. Cause sometimes I don't. I don't. I don't want you. I don't want to change my opinion quite yet. Yeah, sometimes. and I I want to think what I think. Yeah, and I want to feel how I feel coming into the pod. Now I don't want that to be uh, encouraged by somebody else's thoughts. But with their pod, I swear, dog, all three of the episodes I listened to, all I could think by the end of them was, yeah, man, we walking right in our calling, bro. Um, with, with what we're doing and it's not because yeah we started you know with power and insecure and and maybe um some shows that aren't as highbrow as lovecraft dog but i feel like and even like with Watchmen, i remember us saying like yo Watchmen in the show that you can necessarily go week to week with which i still don't think it was i don't know but but had we though i think we could have done something. I with think it. we can even go back and on some Patreon and shit. and give it a, yeah. a little bit more thorough detail because we gave it an afterthought. Yeah, but, but like we may be able to because like we have a different perspective. Facts. Now. We facts. can break down episode one, episode yeah. two. You know what I'm saying? And go through some, there. Um, but I I do think that again this show has proven, if nothing else, that what me and you do is not necessarily for lowbrow black programming and black films like no we could do this at any level dog we can make power sound like the most entertaining shit on tv and we can break down lovecraft country to a nigga who don't understand what the fuck is going on yeah. um and and we can meet you in the middle as well so salute to us we got one more voice note too it's from the homie rob silver man rob what up boy hey what's up fellas um words cannot express how great this fucking lovecraft country show is um i'm speechless after watching this episode and the scenes with michael k williams and jonathan majors off the charts phenomenal um i just i and like i said on last week's note i sent you guys the love affair between tick and letty top three black romances of all time uh jesse and angie on my children Dwayne and whitley and these two um looking forward to hearing you guys predictions um i don't know what the last episode's going to entail what's going to happen but i'm all in and i hope there's a second season um i hope maybe you guys could shed some light on whether or not you have any info on that 
talk to you good brother soon. My man, as always, you appreciate it, brother. Um, <laughs> you dated yourself with that All My Children reference, by the way. <laughs> uh, so the only thing I've seen with regard to uh, it being the second season, uh, and we kind of touched on it a little earlier, um, Misha Green made a statement. I wish I saved it. Pardon me for not screenshotting it. But last night when she was doing questions, um, someone asked her about the indigenous character that was on here that Montrose killed. Um, and they basically was like, yo, can you shed some light on like what she was trying to do with that character and like why you presented her the way you presented her or them because it was dual character. But um, Misha Green basically said she fumbled that one a little bit. Like looking back on it, she was like she wished she would have developed that a little bit more um, and shed some more light because her whole purpose with the show was trying to shed light on um, American atrocities and horrors among oppressed people and clearly indigenous people in America were um, a part of the oppressed. And she was like, she feels like she failed that character almost because she brought it in, had this super detailed uh, intricate or intricate storyline and then killed it before they ever did anything with it. So I also want to see some, some black indigenous people facts um, in the comments though. Um, somebody made a reference to well maybe you can have an episode similar to the jihad episode in season two where you talk a bit more about how um those uh guatemalan people i believe they were guatemalan um connected with titus braithwaite and how he basically took over and, and yeah. killed them all and misha green liked the tweet so that's literally as close to anything referring to a second season as we've gotten it's interesting because like hbo does have a, a limited series um that's about to start or just started but they always qualify quantify those as yo this is a limited a limited series yeah. yeah and this one is not that when neither was Watchmen, Watchmen yeah. so but the director of Watchmen was very clear with i came out i created one season of tv to be taken in as one season i did not create a show that i planned on being on tv for eight nine years dog like i created this shit for you to take it in as one season and that was it it ends where i want the entire series to end and he was clear about that misha green at least to this point has not objected to the notion of a season two but she definitely hasn't been clear about the fact that there won't be one so uh rob Everybody else, man, we with you. We hoping for a season two. I hope to see this story keep going. But talking about the finale and maybe what can happen there, it could easily be some things that go down in the finale that make it so a season two ain't really necessary, dog. Like, it could end like The Watchmen, where by the time the finale goes off, everything could be wrapped up. I hope not. I hope not, but they could do it, man. Um, Final thoughts on, on this episode and uh, what you expect from the finale or what you, any predictions you might have for the finale? Um, um, I want Jiha to, to fight somehow. 100%. Because, like, it does seem like that has kind of, that, that it was kind of wasted. Yeah. Um, Like, you just showed up at the crib and be like, hey, yo, get the fuck out of here. And that was it. So Jiha is in four episodes according to IMDb. So she was in episode one. She was in the full Jiha episode. She was in there last week. So I'm expecting to see her one more time. And I'm expecting to see her in a big way. Uh, I wrote this in the Facebook group as far as predictions go. 
I don't think Jihai had sex with the hundred dude. I think she still has that hundredth left over. I don't know that she's necessarily saving that to try to get tick, but I don't think she got rid of her what, Kumio powers. What makes you think that? Because that what she, you hope or what? No, like, well, what it's kind of that? a combination of hope and just kind of trying to think logically when you think about magic. But I'm like, if she's no longer a Kumiho and she's back to just normal regular Jiha, what can she really do at this point? Like, what now? You just a regular human who then came all the way over from South Korea to tell this nigga something he already knew. You already told him he was gonna die. So again, I don't know what she would do with the well, I don't the Kumiho powers that we know her to have. I'm just saying I don't think well, she. I don't did know it. how her powers work because if they only come out during sex, then you don't have powers. Then you ain't doing nothing. But also, I'm wondering. Is that the only time that they come out? Like, so is if maybe because like the reason I think she did a hundred is because she got there, yeah, and then there was a lapse in time yeah. where she explained everything, yep, and then he recapped. So you mean to tell me you did your hundred and blah 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 as if you already told me that, right? Yeah. So maybe it's once I do my hundred, now I can control the shit. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Okay, okay, I can see if, that. Now if I can control the shit. Yeah, or I'm, well, I might just be a, a regular woman. And yeah. Teletti said he was like, "Well, why are you here? Because I love you. Because she love you, yeah. and she want to be with you, and she don't want you to die." Uh, so, which again, knowing what he's up against and what you saw when when her tails connected with him, if she is in a regular woman state, I think it says something in how much danger she knows she's putting herself in trying to come and protect this nigga because. Yeah. Nigga, I saw your whole life. I know where this ends, dog, and I shouldn't really be here if I don't have no powers. But curious to see what they do with Jihai. I definitely hope that she's back in a major way next week. Um, also curious to see if Tick dies in this autumnal equinox or if the same fate that Christina's daddy met, she meets. Because, nigga, Tick was too powerful then. Your daddy couldn't break him. Does it happen to you? And did you notice they called, well, she called, the house that they burned down, her dad's summer house. She said it real low key, like the last time y'all was at my family's summer house, blah, 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 blah. So now I'm like, oh, is it like a, like y'all got some real shit that you about to take chick to up in Artem, dog? Well, she said, because that was a remake. You know what I'm saying? That whole house was remade. Yeah, after it, Titus burned it yeah, down. Yeah. So, yeah, they got somewhere else to go, um, and she taking him next week. So we're going to see where this goes, man. In the meantime, y'all let us know what y'all think. Let us know what y'all thought about the pod, about the episode. This is a phenomenal podcast, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. Nigga, I ain't tooting our own horn, but nigga. Matter of fact, man, hold up. I know how we going to end this, yo. Choo, choo, do, 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 do. Anyway, hit us up on all the socials at This Week in Culture and hit us on the Gmail at thisweekinculturepod.com. Send your voice notes there. You can also send voice notes to us on the gram at This Week in Culture. Follow us on everything at This Week in Culture. Till next week, I'm Ant Wood. That's Jay Johnson. This Week in Culture, episode 127. We out. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Turn the music up, turn me down. Cool. Let's go get them again. This time is for the money, my nigga. Brooklyn, stand up.
this good for this long, this hood, for this pop, this hot, for this strong, but so many. Oh,